people who traverse dimensions whilst wearing sunglasses. Hello, and welcome to the Salacast on Sunday the 18th of July 2021. I'm your host Dan Train, joining me today is Zachary Burgess. It's the first time this year I get to say, oh god, it's so hot. <laughs> and Robert Kemp. Is it the first time? Yeah. It was it was pretty, we pretty, had a heat wave. Yeah, we? it was pretty hot earlier in the year. I don't think I said it. Well, mm, maybe, maybe it might have been the second time then. <laughs> We might have done one podcast during one of the heat waves. After some delay. Oh, God, it's hot. Yeah. It has returned. Well, it is the kind of the height <laughs> of summer. It makes sense. I was just watching Rob there for a minute as he, for some reason, reached towards all the volume controls that are controlling this podcast. I was, I was about to be like, <laughs> I'm not sure I like my light, my mic flickering yellow as much as it was on the... Uh, on the meter, and it's like I literally just tested this. I don't. I don't need to touch it. <laughs> and there's me just having this like moment, which like, no, nope, no, nope, leave it alone, leave it alone. Hands off. <laughs> just hold off. Fix it in post. <laughs> yeah, fix it in post. That's why I'm recording like this. <laughs> How many times have we ever fixed anything in post? It's happened. I've, I've done it. Well, I mean, very I've, rarely. <laughs> very cur- a couple of times we've had to edit things out. That's happened. Yeah, that's that's happened. Yep. Uh, I I have. I mean. I've used my new recording solution for a couple of tricks um, without you guys noticing, so that's worked well. Mm. Um, I mean, now that we actually have multi-track, you know, we can, if necessary, if our, if our testing has failed to actually test, we can fix volumes independently yeah. and stuff like that. Or if there's spots where there's been excessive noise in, in, in places, I've been able to cancel that out and things like that. Um, it, it's somewhat useful. <laughs> We're professionals, after all. <laughs> Somewhat. We're the exact opposite <laughs> of professionals. Well, I mean, we've been doing it for like more than ten years. I mean, does that count? Does like does no the amount of time count at make, all? <laughs> makes us very amateurs. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, like, I mean, if amateur, amateur radio people are still called amateur radio radioists, right? Ra- what are they? Ra- yeah. Radists? Ra- <laughs> <laughs> amateur radioists. <laughs> radio enthusiasts. <laughs> Um, but yeah, sure. they're, they're not called pro radio men, are they? <laughs> what we clearly what we need to do <laughs> is that what people who work at the at the BBC Radio they're, they're pro radio men. <laughs> I don't. I can't think of what the word would be for a like a broadcaster. I, well, I mean, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is it. That is the right word. Clearly, but, what we need to do is devise a way to work out our podcast handicap so we can figure out how amateur we actually are. <laughs> It must be related to actual like time because we only do uh, do a podcast every two weeks. We must have like quite a high handicap because we're not doing so much podcasts as we theoretically could, even as amateurs. Uh, sure, we're, we're <laughs> our social media presence is not where it needs to be. Like our cadence is far too it's, it's far too long. I think I'm quite glad our social media presence is is, is where it is. Yes. <laughs> oh man. I mean, obvious, but the word podcast is kind of weird how it's completely, um, the etymology is presumably from iPod, is it? Yeah, has to be. Yeah, must be, but like... Because it was like, I suppose... It was know. a broadcast of of sorts of someone talking that was put on an iPod, I guess. On an iPod, right. 
Hey, we could have been doing that. This could be the Happy Salad Zoom cast if things <laughs> had gone a bit differently. Yeah, I guess any <laughs> or some kind of or some kind of weird like <laughs> world where iPods that didn't become like a like a brand name thing that you just use like Hoover or whatever. Where it just be like it's the MP3 cast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. what, what would you even call it? I don't know if I webcast. I guess I mean, is I, the actual answer. Yeah, I mean, iPod was pretty ubiquitous, but I don't think it quite reached the same level as Hoover. I would say it probably no. did. Like, for, for I mean, admittedly, the market didn't really, you know, it wasn't a big market for like MP3 players <laughs> before the iPod happened, so it didn't exactly overwrite much like brand recognition. But... Didn't, didn't you want a Zune? No, and no one did. Or a Rio something. Like, or the, like, yeah, the Rio had tons I, of I would bet if I showed... Or a creative hard drive player. I bet if I pulled out my oh, MP3 yeah. player and showed it to anyone, someone would just say it was life on. It's just like... Maybe. <laughs> Sony's were called, just called Walkman. Yep, they sure were. Yeah. And Sony's were decent. Well, yes, that's why I still have it. <laughs> also because, you know, it plays MP3s. That's mm. the important thing. It plays straight goddamn MP3s. <laughs> no bullshit file conversions going on here. Yeah, once Sony eventually learnt that... That's what people wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of using... I'm impressed that Apple have not only got, obviously... Do they make iPods? I guess they do. Do they? I don't know I that they do anymore. Get... Does an, uh, an mm. iPod Touch still exist as a thing? Does that still exist? Like, does everyone just buy yeah. phones? Like, well, does yeah, everyone like, have phones? Why do you need that yeah. as a separate device anymore? I would I have know, thought the logical even offer it anymore. I would have thought the logical evolution would have been to go like iPod Super Nano. Oh, the shuffle. Just make it as tiny as possible. Does the shuffle still exist? The tiny one. Yeah. Like you want, you want the are you, the end result of this chain of like miniaturizing iPods would just be to have like what would essentially always be a hearing aid at some point it's just like a little tiny thing that you can just wear on your ear and it just doesn't even have a wire yeah. or anything I mean I guess that's the what I guess the watch must have replaced shuffle in some ways like they don't need to make a shuffle because they say if you bought an Apple watch then that can hold mp3s yeah, but then, then the watch was like why do you need this if you have a phone <laughs> Well, so you can't still use the watch without somehow. a phone. I don't think. Right? I don't think the watch works without. Well, sure, uh, well, don't, the, like, don't the ones with... need any of the functions of the watch if you already have a phone? No, you got. Yeah, you can't use it a hundred percent without. But don't the one don't the watches with you know the Apple with, watches now have yeah. like three and four G, don't they? In them or whatever, so they they can yeah, operate optionally. without the phone. But you need the phone to get them started. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Because you don't so, you don't have iPod iTunes Touch. on your on your Mac anymore as an essential. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. Is that iTunes is gone now? iTunes. Um, they retired iTunes, which is good because I know I never never liked iTunes. I actually loaded that yeah. up on my PC the other day because I noticed I had like old backups of my old iPhone four still hanging about on the drive, and it's like these are taking up quite a lot of space. <laughs> Let's get rid of this. So I don't have an like iPhone. iPod touch exists i wonder what i guess that maybe that's for kids when 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 parents don't want to get them an actual phone or an, or an ipad surely you'd get them a cheap ipad yeah is, does such a thing exist is the, is, is the word cheap <laughs> yeah i think that's well, just like half the problem it's, it's relative i think yeah. it's called a galaxy tab <laughs> ipad definitely definitely exists ridiculous or fire tab i suppose you, you get kids a, you get kids an amazon fire Kids love Amazon Fire. 
Although I don't think you can still put YouTube on an Amazon Fire easily. Really? Yeah. The uh, kids aren't meant to be watching YouTube anyway. No, he's meant to be watching YouTube kids. Amazon Fires <laughs> don't... I guess still YouTube. I guess, yeah. Amazon Fires don't have um, Google Play services installed. Uh, and you kind of have to like allow open them up so you can sideload Google Play services onto them so then you can get hold of Google Play and then you can get hold of the YouTube app. Um, mm. You can still get to YouTube website through the Silk browser. <laughs> I was looking for a very specific... I wanted to... I was doing some, like... I was editing some, like, data, essentially. I'm not going to go into specifics about really, but okay. <laughs> I'm trying to, it's not, not well, relevant to the now story. I'm intrigued. It's not I relevant to the story at all. But I was, I needed to organise things in a specific way that I couldn't do in like an Excel or not Excel Open Office, what I usually use spreadsheet or Google Docs. And I was like, let's go onto the Google App page and see what if they have something that I could use for this specific arrangement of data that I need to do. And then I was like. How do you even find out what any of this shit is? <laughs> none of it is, none of it has obvious names. And even clicking through to the individual like app pages, you still have to read like an entire paragraph to even realize what the hell the thing is. <laughs> yeah, it's like unless you stumble upon, you know, an article that's calling out the apps that do the job you're trying to achieve, it's kind of difficult to just find things. Yeah, that do what you want to do. I mean, I probably should have just Googled it. But I was just like, I can, if I, you know, I already have this Google account, so let's just go into their specific app page. Yeah. Not actually helpful. <laughs> I guess you need a database of some description. Like, well, it turned out that I already. Get your old it, copy it, of Microsoft it, Access. It turned out. out one of the other parts of OpenOffice that I never run did the thing I needed to do anyway. So, yeah, because. <laughs> like, okay. OpenOffice probably has a database engine, right? <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Like the only part of Open Office that I ever use is just the the Excel equivalent. I never even use the Word equivalent because <laughs> when was the last time I ever needed to type a document? Yeah, that, well, it comes up pretty rarely for me these days. But every now and then, I need to. I guess it's because I'm in the business of text mm. and text rendering. Yeah, like I, especially of late, Word sometimes is a nice uh, yardstick. Be like, how does Word make this look? <laughs> but hasn't Word always been like the worst yardstick where it's just like all these other formats, as soon as you put them into Word, it just fucks everything oh, up? What, right, in, t- in terms of like raw layout, <laughs> but in terms of its actual text renderer sure. and how it deals with like, just if you just throw text at it, how does it actually look? Like it's pretty decent at that. You'd hope so. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of its core it. thing. <laughs> it's kind of been in development since when? Like mid 80s? Yeah, something like that. And I was momentarily again thinking of whether I should bother to update OpenOffice from the ancient ass version that I've never updated that I installed on this computer like 12 years ago. <laughs> I assume that's still being well, developed. Well, apparently it might not be good to do, to like use the modern versions because it was, it's one of those projects that got like sold off, even though it was meant to be open source. Mm. And then oh. like, there was all kind of weird business dealings that happened. Huh. Right. Which is currently happening to Audacity, apparently. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Yeah. So keep hold of your Audacity installers, people. <laughs> Again, and I've got an ancient version of that as well. Yeah. <laughs> probably well, you might probably be at least as old as the OpenOffice install. We might be able to... There's probably one of those pro- projects like that. There'll be like yeah, old installers sports, available. Yeah. You could just get oldversion.com if that's still around. Yeah. 
yeah, like you say, someone will fork it if they don't like it. If the next next like corporatized version comes out and is no good, it'll yeah. be like, well, we can still fork it from where it was. That happens quite a lot, in fairness. Or you end up with the plus. It'll be Audacity Plus, right? Did like someone's like nicked it or done it differently, and it's like, well, we added the plus to it, so this is the good one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I already saw like there's, I think there's there was already two versions that I saw people linking. I think one that was called Audacity, but with just A U D Audacity. Aud. And then there was Audio City. <laughs> oh, nice! Oh, nice! <laughs> That's decent. <laughs> An audacious change of name. Yeah. The audacity. Oh, oh, yes, that joke got made a lot. You'd be like, the audacity that this random business has to change audacity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> isn't it? I always find that kind of odd, though, isn't it? Like, because what is Mozilla and what is, like, Linux and, like, because they're kind of in that boat, right? They're kind of corporations, but they sort of operate on an, an entirely open source basis, and it's. A fa- foundation, right? Found, yeah, they consider as a charitable foundation. I think. Yeah, it's 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 interesting um, how how they even function because presumably they have they have to have their own goals somewhere in order to sort of stay relevant and stay yeah alive. I think they have. Um, yeah, I think they have leadership and goals and budget and everything. I suppose from you know. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and then you got things like. I don't know. I, I I might be getting this wrong, but I believe like open source text shaper that we use extensively called Half Buzz. It's like I believe Google now hires the guy that wrote that, so it's sort of a Google project now, but still fully but, open sourced and right and kind of not. So it's yeah, that's a weird one. But so do they? Have they hired him full time and they pay him and he works on his own project, basically? Yeah, I think I think it might be. I'm hoping it's that. Mm. I didn't quite. I didn't look into it that much, but mm. he seems like a decent guy. Shout out, Bedad. Bedad or Bedad? Sorry, Is he the half. Yeah, he's the half buzz guy. guy. You make text work good. I'm reading it. Therefore, it works. <laughs> to infinity. Or at least halfway there. <laughs> Which is still technically infinity, because how do you do that calculation? <laughs> yeah, <Yep>. exactly. <laughs> so, what's the point of going beyond infinity? You'd have to, uh, you'd have to be like to a small infinity and then to a slightly larger one. Because <laughs> that works. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like how children talk about things, isn't it? It's like, I hate you to infinity. I hate you infinity plus one. <laughs> nah. <laughs> that was that was Rob's impression of children. I'm not sure what the, <laughs> what the exact age of that was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't really, I don't really have a child voice. Like, well, also, everything. like the concepts, even it's like that's not exactly children, but okay. I mean. It's all of these, isn't it? Like trying to get up each yeah, other. Yeah, but not like, infinities. In, I yeah, don't think you're going to get children, children. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess, that specifically. I guess I'm trying to think of like what was in in Endgame, isn't it? Where, in, why did I say it like that? <laughs> Endgame. Endgame. <laughs> in uh, uh, Marvel Avengers Endgame, where 
like Tony's daughter is like, love you 5,000. And then like that number keep goes up every now and then. Like, <laughs> you gotta that, keep incrementing it. I mean, that's that could just be like, what is the current largest number she knows? Yeah, it's like that could yeah. be a child angle. Five thousand is the biggest number ever. Yeah, yes, yeah. To to you, it is <laughs> pretty big. To be fair, but pretty big. Not if you're measuring in something tiny, it isn't. <laughs> Semantics corner. Yep, we we got there. <laughs> not quite about words this time. No, not it's quite. about numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone see that Black Widow? No, I have not. Marvel movie. I'm sort of don't uh, really feel. I'm not like I used to go to the cinema quite a bit, but I'm not really feeling the idea of returning to the cinema. I think I guess. It, oh yeah, I sort of haven't missed it. I don't think. Yeah, I mean. How much time did you have left on your infinite cinema pass that's been wasted? Oh, we just cancelled those. (laughs) Yeah, but when when would it have renewed? Well, it sort of restarted, like, this middle of last year, didn't it? They sort of started opening cinemas up briefly. Yeah. Like, in in the middle of summer, I think. And then then they were like, oh, right, yeah, we're going to start charging you for this again. And we're like, hard no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. My membership for the picture house thing got like completely like suspended or whatever, and then so I didn't have to. So it got extended or whatever. So mm. like I'm only paying like well, what I the part that I had already paid for starts again like around now, I suppose, which is good. Yeah, nice. But no, I didn't go to the cinema, but because uh, they offer you that alternative, right? So my brother is. Um, always seen the Marvel movie at opening weekend, I think, for all of them. Yeah, I've been, I've been like pretty Iron close Man. to that, generally. Really? Yeah. And so, but he didn't want to go to the cinema either, so we just used my TV with the Disney Plus. Disney Plus? Um, which, was, which was just as expensive as going to the cinema, I think. <laughs> is it, mind, it, is it really? The... I haven't looked yeah, into well, what, I... like, what is it they call it, Premier Access. Like, what, what that Yeah, I didn't cost. understand... Well, I think it's just a one-off. I couldn't understand their branding of it, but I just paid a one-off amount or whatever. But it was like buying cinema tickets, basically. No, really. Um, so it's not like yeah. a prime rental or something where it's like a fiver. There you no, go. on top no. of your subscription. So, well, it was something on top. But yeah, it was, you know, yeah. but it's not a fiver so, anyway. No, it's not a fiver. Um, I mean, I've got to make their uh, cinemas yeah. got to make their money somehow. I, I, I see. Yeah, that. yeah but I that's not so. even cinemas at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. But you I get already it. know. Like you need. The, you need. They need the. The money needs to come in in order for them to make films of that budget and scale, right? Yeah, but so that's it's... what the subscription to Disney Plus was for, right? Yeah, I guess. But the, but then you get all that TV as well. Yeah, yeah all that Marvel yeah. TV. I am going to watch the. The I I did watch One Division and stuff with although on someone else's account, uh, but I will check out the old Loki. I guess see how that's going. Yeah, I'm only two episodes I'm into that. that. It's it's kind of weird. It's kind of cool. Um, cool. Okay. Uh, finished watching. Um, what's it called? Falcon and the Soldier. Winter oh, Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Before that, that was that was decent actually. It's kind of a... yeah. It was better than I expected it to be. Yeah. Uh, it... I kind of thought that would be like the conventional one, and um, well, know, it kind of is, big. right? It sort of is yeah, the whole. Yeah. It's exactly what you'd expect kind of show, but yeah, but a good exactly what you expect. Yeah. Some yeah decent. Acting in it. it had a hilarious montage, which is always funny. Oh yeah, yeah it montage. did. It had a training montage. <laughs> I thought 
while we were on the subject of that montage, did you not think that like some of that felt a little bit weirdly out of sequence? Because there was like yeah. before they did the whole yeah. the whole montage of him learning to throw Cap Shield. There's a sequence yeah. where him and Bucky are just casually throwing it around and bouncing yeah, it off things. And he's and really good at it already. Yeah, yeah. and it's like what's with? Okay, that's a weird edit. That is a weird edit. Yeah, I definitely agree. Maybe it got shuffled around in the yeah series order. Yeah, like maybe that conversation should have happened after the training, but then the whole point in them having that conversation was to get him to start to believe why he mm. could do the training, but yeah. Weird. Slightly odd. Yeah. I'd say the Black Widow is probably unnecessary. I mean, we, everyone knows that. Oh, sure. It's like a pre- prequel and just, just to slot in to fill in some backstory, I guess, for a character I, that you already know what happens to. I have absolutely no problem with a film just existing just because they thought it could be kick-ass. Like, it doesn't have to yeah, add I anything guess. to the bigger picture. It doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. They can just take what they've got and just be like, well, we thought this would be cool. And it's like, yeah, sure, go for it. Yeah, that's pretty much what they did. Which, like, have you heard what the, um, they're doing a, uh, another Kingsman film? Oh, are they? Uh, but it's, I, I believe it's called The King's Man, <laughs> which is fantastic. <laughs> right. It's um, be, yeah. And they're doing a prequel story about one of, one of the characters. So it's like, okay, yeah, this is fine. Doesn't change anything. So how many I enjoyed those, those films. There? There's two so far. I think I've only seen the first one. Oh, okay. There's two. Right. There's um, was it the the Secret Service and the Golden the Circle? Golden Circle, something. Yeah. They're decent. They're fun <laughs> films. I just remember going to see the first one in the cinema and being like, "It's Luke Skywalker." <laughs> <laughs> And no one else in this involved with me, no, realizing. Because <laughs> Ohida was obviously in, um, I guess, in, in Britain to film Last Jedi or something. Uh, and he had the big beard and everything. Right. Yeah. It's like they got him in as like the professor or something <laughs> in, in the first Kingsman film. But yeah, that, that, those films are decent. I enjoyed them anyway. I'm not sure I like what they did at the start of Kingsman 2. That kind of is one of those, like, well, what the hell was the point in the first film then kind of moments. Right, but... right, right. <laughs> but that's fine. If that clean slates them to do what they want to do, then that's that's okay. Uh, ton of fun. Yeah, I haven't watched much in the way of films of late. Been enjoying some Clarkson's Farm. That's decent. Oh yeah, is it? I, I, I'm not a big Clarkson fan, but um, I'm kind of interested in the idea of the farm. Oh stuff, yeah, so it's 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 yeah. you know it's Top Gear style idiocy applied to. Oh no, no, he actually did this, right? right. <laughs> like for realsies. Yeah, and it's pretty great. And apparently, Amazon haven't picked up a season two, which like is annoying a great deal of people. I think I think it's one of those shows oh. that probably has great UK appeal mm-hmm. and like very little outside of that. So it's probably not right. Not doing Amazon not numbers on the international market. Yeah. But well, there's another grand tour thing like coming up. Tour. Right. Is that what they wanted to make rather than? Well, I think I think it was He's getting a bit. <sighs> I think his grumpy farmer is makes more sense than him going around the world with flash cars. And yeah, maybe. Well, he's what sixty one yeah. now. Um, so he's, yeah. he's getting on a bit, but like, uh, I think there was something that, like no one told me this. Like, like there's something about the deal he had him and James May and 
Hammond had with um, Amazon was it's like they had to do a certain number of grand tours and Amazon also wanted them to do a solo project, but the solo project could have been anything they wanted. Right. Kind so of thing. So I think, I think Hammond ended up doing one of his like engineering type shows. Oh, of course. Yeah. That he, that he does, that he already has been doing for years. Um, James May went to Japan, which was hilarious. That was a decent show. Oh, and he did a cooking show as well. Well, that's just a spin off of the shit he does on YouTube. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Days May has got quite a lot of stuff on YouTube. Oh, so okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> a bit where he complains about his Tesla and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and this was, and this was Clarkson's. Just had a show just on BBC, which was him just taking things apart really slowly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was, was sort of a sequel to the toys yeah. stuff. Yeah. Because didn't yeah. you do the like epic toys as well at one point? Where it was like, let's build the... I always remember the one where they built the longest toy train line like and it went halfway across the countryside <laughs> like, James May's alright but yeah this was Clarkson's solo thing so he was kind of he had to do it Amazon had to pick it up that was kind of the deal um, but, but they don't want to go any but further they don't want to go any further now he's now he's done with that yeah. and to, to which I would say you are foolish, Amazon. It's a decent show. Foolish. Rob reviews. <laughs> TV reviews. Film reviews. What about video games? What about damn video games? News about going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so news, 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 news. Uh, so I guess we normally tackle these chronologically, but we should really get like the cut the biggies out of the way. The, the there's not really much chronological headlines. to do for this. I mean, if I was talking chronologically, I'd probably open with the Assassin's Creed leak. How do you feel uh, about Assassin's that? Creed Infinity? <laughs> What's their plan? They're already doing Halo Infinite. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's a leak, so take all of this with a pinch of salt, I guess. But like, it seems like they might be doing a, you know. Assassin's Creed in a Destiny-style environment across multiple time frames, and it being like an, a live service of sorts with events and stuff. It's like okay, a cool idea if you could actually jump between periods. You yeah, I mean, really been able to do that in. I mean, if it's an excuse to revisit some of the older games without doing a remaster and repackaging them, then yeah, I guess that could be kind of kind of neat. Like, but would those older games like fit with the style of the newer games? Like in terms of, well, no, I'm, I'm assuming they'd have to like rebuild it all. I don't think it would be like the older games right. per se. But like right. they'll they'll have an excuse to like go back to Venice potentially, or, or right, Florence, yeah. and um, um, that would be cool to see what that looks like with the modern stuff. Yeah, it's it's a way of repackaging that stuff without necessarily. You know, just doing a remaster or like, hey, we're going back to XCO, which I don't know. I think I might have preferred them to just do, we're going to do a full on reboot and revisit these mm. from the ground up. Not not a remaster, a full on full on remake reboot thing. Yes, but the main thing that they need to do in a full on remake reboot is remove all the actual future story <laughs> <laughs> to make it line up with their non story. Or make it, or make it good. So I thought they were doing the first game, like Altair or whatever. Yeah, there was there were rumors flying around that they were going to re- like remaster that. Um, right, I'm sure they'll get to it eventually. <laughs> yeah, 
Because you can't just make an HD version of that and put that out because that's too old, like mechanically. And no, it would need some work. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you have said the same thing about Mass Effect One, though? Really? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. they did. But they did a reasonable amount of work to it. Not that much. I mean, some. But it's not like it plays like, differently. I like, mean, it menus, does, it does menus oh, and stuff. Right. Sure, they've changed, but not like the actual physical way that Mass Effect weirdly worked back I, in the day. I mean, they fixed some stuff. Like they they did slightly change the Mako physics and how it shoots. Well, sure. And but the game is the game. You're right, and the. And they rearranged some environments because they could. Um, but uh, they didn't, like, port Mass Effect 2's combat back into Mass Effect 1, essentially. No. And I think that was probably the right choice. Well, sure. But, but then know, again, but how much has Assassin's Creed's combat actually changed in all of the games? <laughs> Maybe it would be fine. Prior to Origins, I would probably say not at all. <laughs> um it is very similar throughout that series, but uh, but Origins did change it. Um, so did Origins get rid of the classic, uh, you know, wh- where each enemy waits their turn? <laughs> yeah. You know what? That I can't confirm. Having, having not yeah. truly played it, I, I don't, I don't, don't know if I could just stand there for a while and wait for to push the counter button occasionally. But it. it I mean, the game started moving away from that style of combat anyway. Oh, even yeah. before that, yeah. it became a bit harder to just just wait your turn. Although I didn't, I never minded that. <laughs> Honestly, I never, yeah, I mean, I never it minded funny. it. It's not like that was most of the game. Like the combat was, yeah, it was mostly the traversal stuff and like jumping down from above. And you didn't spend ages. Like it wasn't like Batman. Right, yeah. Where it was all about the combat, you know. I'll talk about that a little, this a little bit later, actually, because it's, it's sort of relevant to something I've been playing. But it's like, I find the more intricate, complex, dynamic, and potentially realistic, with big quotation marks around it, you start making your combat systems, you really do run the risk of making them less actually fun. And mm. I think a lot of modern games do fall into that hole, to be honest. Because it's like people don't wait their turn, right? It's like that's just not what would happen. But as a result, you end up with somewhat finicky gameplay some of the time, or mm. you know things off screen hitting you, and you're like, "Well, I couldn't deal with that because I was dealing with this other thing." And it's yeah, that increases yeah. the difficulty. Yes, some players like that. Some people will revel in it, but I don't know. There are times where it's a bit much. Definitely. I mean, th- that, that stuff was there for a reason, you know, trying to make the game fun yeah. and also look good. Yeah. Remember, guys, games are supposed to be fun. <laughs> Top tip. Yeah. Top tip. Uh, yes, so there's Assassin's that. Creed Infinity. Assassin's oh, Creed sorry. Infinity. Yep, you're right. That is that is pretty much it. That's what that's, that's the leak. And for once, Ubisoft didn't come out and be all like, uh, like, oh, and here's the trailer. Because <laughs> that right, often right, happens right. with like Ubisoft and, and, and leaks. It's like, it leaks and then they immediately go, well, here you go. Yeah, I don't well, know if they well. had a trailer for this exactly. No, really. I think this is very early. Well, well yeah, that, I guess. 
but like what would a trailer even be? It would just be like, here's a picture of us, here's a picture of Assassin's Creed One, and here's what it looks like now, and here's Assassin's Creed Two, and here's what it looks like now. It's just like it's not really much of a trailer. I think they have confirmed uh, if I'm remembering this right, sorry, I, it, it, this was as I say, chronologically. This is the problem with like sometimes chronological news. It was a couple nearly a couple of weeks ago. Sort of forgotten it a little bit. I think they have come out and said, Yeah, we're doing this. Um and we're combining the two studios that flip flop on Assassin's Creed together to work on this. Oh, so, that's cool. And the other 600 people. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause, like, isn't, massive entertainment is often involved in Assassin's Creed games. You know, the, um, <laughs> World in Conflict. Yeah, the World in Conflict team. <laughs> if only. Well, there's a few RTSs in the works, Age of Empires, and I just saw Company of Heroes 3 just got announced by Relic or whatever. Ah, yes. That could be cool. So who knows? Maybe there will be a. Well, not World in Conflict, but something. Maybe an RTS renaissance. Yeah. I don't know what that genre... We've talked about this before. I'm not sure what that genre needs to make it interesting again. Hmm. It needs something. Because Age of Empires looks like uh, like a Total War game, sort of. Yeah. Now, which is weird. Yes, because it does. It's Age of Empires is like you know a super old school idea. It's literally like him build a big yeah. pile of units and mash them against each other. Mm. <laughs> Where, yeah. Whereas obviously Total War is like actual tactic, tactical arrangementing of your units. Arrangementing, arrangementing. <laughs> arrangementing yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what's how's this going to work? If it how, can can it keep the pace of an old school RTS and the theme of you know medieval warfare? But now it looks more realistic. It kind of the gameplay kind of looks more like Total I mean, War. So it's the, like, the yeah. updates they did to, to like Age of Empires two, <laughs> it already looks like you might as well be looking at a Total War game. Apart from when you see the combat, yeah. and it's just a big mass of shit. <laughs> it's just a mass. Yeah. I mean, they I mean maybe that, that's what it'll be like. They didn't go that far with two, right? They took no. the, they took the original game and just four K it up and yeah. gave it a new coat of paint and. But well, this is a, a lot, lot of pain they're making, right? But from what we've seen yeah. of the new Age of Empires, it does still look like the same kind of combat. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I've seen... Or they have, they've been going out of their way to not really show, I guess, actual gameplay footage of it. Like, every trailer they run seems like... The, the most recent one in, in engine, particular. Yeah, I mean, you can... Or, yeah. or is, is a cinematic that's in the game, I think was how they described it before. And it's like, well, right. I don't know if that's in the engine or not. It's like, this is just them being historical. I mean, there are a few cu- few moments in that recent trailer where you can clearly see, like, you know, unit pathfinding. Where it's just like, oh, look at these guys <laughs> right, jiggle yeah. around these obstacles. That kind of thing. It's like, yeah, that still looks like an RTS on some level. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm in the boat where I find a lot of games... I, th- I think I find, find the idea of a game where I might have to... If I get it wrong, I then have to do something for an extraordinarily long time to get back to that position, like, quite off-putting, right? That's just, just where I am with life these days. It's like, I don't I don't want to rinse and repeat all that much. Like, unless it's a really quick, fail, try again, fail, try again. That's That's my kind of loop. But like you, you, that's just not going to happen in an RTS. So they, they need a they need a fun factor somehow. So so you, I care less about that. So it would be like try again. Hell yeah, I'm trying again. I want that. Mm. 
like a failed salmon run or a deep rock run. It's like you, you want that kind of hell's yeah, we're going again. I mean, that was what Woden Conflict solved, right? Because there was no base building, so you didn't yeah. have a huge pile of like waiting around for half an hour before you actually get to the fight. And the missions weren't ridiculously long. <laughs> they were like, solve this problem, go. And then do whatever Bannon was meant to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically every mission in that game. <laughs> Uh, moving on. Okay, I'll stick to the chronological then. As well, I've started this train. I'm going to ride it. Uh, PlayStation event happened. Oh, I'm calling it PlayStation event. It was a PlayStation state of play. It's not just called PlayStation event. Although that, that's actually a reasonable name. They could have just called it that. Like, if they had an, if it was something more than a state of play, which it wasn't. Um, a few things talked about. Uh, they're doing. A sequel to Moss called Moss Book 2, which I think is mildly surprising because, you know, who does a sequel to a PSVR game? It's like, that's unusual. And it is a PSVR game, but they didn't... I mean, this is kind of noteworthy just because of the fact that it's like, what is the state of PSVR these days exactly? Like, we... I don't... I presume they're going to carry on support for the existing hardware on PS5, um, but where's that PSVR 2? What's... Have they said they're doing that even? I can't, I can't even really remember, but anyway. Noted. Moss is quite liked, apparently. Uh, Arcadageddon, which looks like a slightly odd... I don't know. Let's let's call it a Splatoon-like sort of thing, where they, they're going for like a multiplayer shooter vibe, but actually there's multiple game types that all control from a third-person perspective and some kind of mashup game and that thing could be interesting if the game if, if it's exactly what it says on the tin in a weird way like if it's if it is as varied and as wild and the execution of those mechanics is decent then that could be something right there aren't many games mm. that come out and actually do more than just one thing really <laughs> so value proposition perhaps um Fist, which we've talked about before, which is the bunny rabbit. It's 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 Pepe O'Hare with a massive um like ar- robot arm on his attached to his back, and it's like a two D um sort of two D combat action game in the vein of like I guess Dust comes to mind and those sorts of maybe Hollow Knight kind of thing. Um, it looks rad actually. I'm well into this. Um. Forged in steel. It's an acronym. It stands for something. Um, but yeah, check that out. I, I think this looks really good. Um, you know, who doesn't want to be a kick-ass grizzled bunny rabbit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially the grizzled bit. Uh, we we got to see more Sifu, um, which I, I, you, you mentioned before, Dan, um, which is that sort of it seems like a tight, focused, uh, like hand-to-hand combat kung fu game kind of thing. Um, where, but this time they were making it quite clear that its mechanic, its its sort of its hook, I guess, its strange mechanic is that every time you die, you age. So, so does that mean there's like a limited number of times you can die for right. a playthrough? Because <laughs> you, you you die of old age eventually. Yeah. 
But then what happens if you die of old age? Do you, do like, you come back older? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, do you, or, or is that like, oh, you've got to re- replay this bit from whatever age you started at? Or is there... Or is it more of a... I bet it's more of like a roguelike where it's like randomly yeah. generating like fights and it's like, can you get through it before you're mm-hmm. incapable? But then a bit of me is like wondering, like, does the age mechanic actually affect like how you can fight throughout it? Like when you're... If you're a young guy, is like, is your fighting style quite wild and unrefined and then as you go on perhaps you perhaps you go through a powerful phase in your 30s and then you get to late age and it's like oh, okay I'm a, I'm a little bit less powerful now but i'm more fluid and refined and mm. like i we don't really know any of that um but it's it's kind of interesting and uh it, i think it looks better than what it looked better than the first time i showed it um so yeah sifu want to want to keep an eye on uh early 2022 release date um, they had a, a section on Jet, the Far Shore, which I think we'd seen a while back at one of the PS5 um, events, uh, which is, I, I guess you, the only way to describe it is, it's the one where you're flying a tiny jet around an ocean planet, like yeah. a tiny little spacecraft, and they, they were um, pointing out that, hey, hey, this is actually an exploration-focused game, like combat will be minimal and if you do get into it chances are you're gonna have to run away like it's that kind of thing you're not really a combatant per se so is it is it um like a generated you know procedural no man's sky type thing i don't i wasn't quite sure about that side of it like whether or not it is generated or if it's like a handcrafted world or or what exactly i wasn't totally sure on that aspect what I have noted down is that I that they they they've showed some stuff where it's like oh it's not just about you flying around in this ship there is actually a little human community that you're part of and uh, I do not like their art style <laughs> for that like I, I think it looks weird and odd and like it just rubs me up the wrong way my my note here just says bad faces <laughs> bad face I don't know it's like yeah every, everyone's different but for me those were. Those were some off-putting looking people. Not the kind you'd want me uh, want me hanging around with. Um, we then got to see more about the Death Stranding director's cut, which is this is a weird one. Let's be honest, because it's it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's already weird game. Yeah, I mean, it's like they included all the DLC that they never released as DLC. Like it's it's a vastly expanded looking game. Mm. There's more. To, there's more combat options. There's more uh, traversal options. There's more with and traversal being the game. The game, yeah. Um, there's more story elements. There's a Metal Gear sneaking box. There's <laughs> <laughs> right. Got to put that in there. Yeah, it's like it's. Can you Fulton things? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Back to <laughs> by the base. It's like, well, there's, I don't think there's much in the way of like aircraft at all in Death Stranding. Like, I guess that would be a super dangerous <laughs> well, thing no. in that world. Um, yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's, a, it's it's more than just a re-release. There's, there's a lot more going on in this one. And it's like to the point where it's like, well, is this the game you had originally intended to make or have you just rolled with it? Um, it's probably, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, I wonder if it actually makes the story bearable. My money's on no. Like, it's, no. It's, <laughs> it's, it's probably still weird and slightly too weird for its own good. Um, 
but it is fascinating just how much they're putting into it. Um, probably annoying for those that already played through the game and actually liked it because now it's like, ah, oh, <laughs> I've got to buy it all over again. Do you have to buy it all over again? I, I, I believe so. Do. Yeah, because it's like I think oh, this man. this is the PS5 version. I see. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't think you're getting a free upgrade if you if you've already got a PS4 version or a PC version for that matter. I don't know if they've said anything mm. about what's happening with the PC version of Death Stranding or whether any of this is being rolled over into that. I guess on PC it would make more sense for it to be like how oh, you can upgrade to director's cut version for like a DLC price. Yeah. But then because everything's so That's interwoven true. into the game, does it really work as a DLC package? It's it's weird, isn't it? It's like it's a, it's a slightly strange one how you actually sell this. I mean, yeah. You could yeah, so you have to start a new game in order to play in that mode. Right? Yeah. At least. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, and then we got an even longer loop, look at Deathloop. And it's, um, I kind of agree with the sentiment I've seen around the internet. And it's like, every time we see Deathloop, we kind of, I kind of feel like we see the same thing about the game, just a touch longer than we did before. Mm. And it's, uh, that's kind of, it's the kind game of itself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you go in a loop, right? Yeah. And I think perhaps, it's a bit much now, I guess. It's like if you've if you're not if you're not willing to tell us more about it, then stop telling us about it because it's you're not really adding I mean, I to the I, narrative here. I think I probably like the look of it more this time around than ever before, probably. But maybe I wasn't quite getting the concept before. But it's an island, right? It's a bit like the prisoner or something. Like, yeah, you, you're on you a keep resetting. You're on a weird island where the game is effectively for the guests to kill you, I think. And mm. but, um, mm. uh, but yeah, you you start fighting back as you do. Um, yeah, but ultimately you need to kill all the targets in one day or something. But yeah. obviously you can't do that to start off with. And so you have to, you, it sounds like you kind of have to learn and equip yourself to the point where you can speed run it, basically. Sort of. You do. Um, they they have like confirmed that there's a sort of shortcut mechanic. So right. like once you've achieved something once, it becomes the the route to doing it again becomes quicker. Yeah. Or you, there are there are ways in which that can be. You, you know, there are ways in which you can do it faster as the game goes on. So there is a sort of progression there, which is good because. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's kind of Zelda, Metroid, or whatever, or Castlevania, like in that you gain an ability by getting there that you keep, and then that lets you jump to the end of it. Yeah, sort of like a hook shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess like rogue lighty mechanics, because you know they did show yeah. off that you had a sort of blink uh, power. In yeah, this, yeah, um, you know, very arcane studios kind of thing. Um, right. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I think I was more sold on Deathloop when I knew l less about it, like when it was first announced okay. and its style kind of was the lead. It's like the more mm. I see of it, the more I think, like, this is actually going to be one of those games that winds me up, isn't it? Because <laughs> I'm going to be near, near the end to a success and then I'm going to fail miserably and then I'm going to have to be like, oh, I've got to do that whole thing again. Yeah. That's quite irritating. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer convinced that Deathloop is a game for me, but good luck to you. I don't wish you any ill, ill will. Just 
you don't look like you're for me anymore. Shame. That was the big one, right? That was the big one. They spent like they spent like ten, twenty minutes, like a pretty yeah. lengthy period of time just on this run through. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. That was this state of play. I wouldn't say, yeah, no real revelations, just sort of, apart from maybe director's cut <laughs> and what's going on with that. Um, uh, just sort of updates here and there, really. There was there was more stuff there, but, you know, I skipped those. Not very interesting to us. Uh, so we've got, let's talk about the biggest news. We've got two new Nintendo Switches coming. <laughs> yeah. Which one should we start with? The one that's the same as the old one or the one that's... <laughs> let's, let's, start, let's start with the official one, the uh, okay. Super Switch rumor. Um, <laughs> that's not really. It's the non-Switch Pro rumor. The non-Switch like, Pro. It turns out yeah. we weren't talking about the Switch Pro at all. Nope. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, leading into the announcement... Uh, we the rumors were that there was a new Switch model coming this year. Um, it would have a 7-inch OLED screen, um, improved performance, possible 4K docks, um, docking ability with upscaling, yada, yada, yada. Kind of, yay, this will be the, the that half-gen update that we expect from a Nintendo handheld. Only yeah. one of those things was true, and that is the 7-inch OLED screen. The screen. Um the rest of that was kind of nonsense. Um, uh, but we get a fat kickstand now. That would probably be good. I mean, that, that is a great, I mean, like, because like, that's one that of the, that's one of the few problems the Switch truly has, right? Is how terrible that kickstand Actually, is. That is yeah. Aside from, aside from Joy-Con drift, which I'm not going to get into here, because <laughs> that's still a thing. Um, I wonder if they'll have made an effort to improve that. I mean, they probably already have, but I don't know if they want to acknowledge it. Yeah, probably, but maybe those will find that the Joy Cons that come with this, although being interchangeable and identical, will probably be a bit better on that <laughs> somehow. Well, yeah, I, don't, I I think they made the right choice in that, like, hey, they kept the form factor pretty much identical. They yeah, made it so your old Joy Cons will work. Presumably, if you buy one of these, you'll get a fresh set of Joy Cons anyway. It's not like you can just get the unit on its own. <laughs> well, by default, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fine. It's a modest upgrade. Yeah, Why not, I guess? It's a um, typical Nintendo mid-cycle refresh. Well, it's not super typical, because, like, I don't know, mid-cycle refreshes of Nintendo gear has frequently had what actually cut, uh, results in a tiny, tiny performance bump. Like if yeah, you if you true. if you want to talk about new 3ds, there was actually a tiny performance bump there, mm, um, as well as new features. It's more like um, the DS Lite. Yeah, DS DS Lite is the closest, but then we've already had Switch Lite for that. Um, well, that, no, that's more like the 2ds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose you're right. True. Uh, yeah, so it's not, it's not what anyone really hoped for, but it's you know its existence not a bad thing. That OLED screen is probably going to be quite nice, honestly. Yeah, it's going to be super nice. If you're a handheld user, so probably well, as a docked user, I'm, I'm no, not really. For me, it's really... utterly, utterly worthless. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's actually good because yeah, it means I don't have to buy anything. 
I don't, or I'm not going to yeah, feel tempted. Point. It's like it has got more double the onboard storage if you care. Wow! But then you just buy an SD card for like two quid, yep. <laughs> and you pretty much already double the inside <laughs> storage. Yeah, man, SD cards. I hate those things. They're so unreliable when you put them on a real, real load. Real load. I mean, industrial load. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's the Nintendo side, the official Nintendo side of the Switch news. But what if I was to tell you that Valve, purveyors of games on PC and failed hardware, are putting out a <laughs> are putting out a I'm Nintendo Switch of their own? Now there were rumors leading up to this about a month or so ago um, that they were making a Switch like uh, Switch like contraption that was possibly about the same size, if not a little wider, um, with a, a pretty decent powerhouse in there um, that could be docked and used a bit like a PC. All of this was rumoured, uh, and it was called the Steam Pal. Um, and as it turned out, all of that was true, aside from the name. Because it's really the Steam Boy. <laughs> the Steam Boy. <laughs> no, it's the Steam Deck. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Steam Boy. <laughs> Steam Boy Color. <laughs> okay. Alright, the, the Steam Deck. The okay. Steam Deck. So it's like on a on a raw hardware side, it seems pretty cool, right? It's not I wouldn't say it's a particularly attractive looking device. Like the they've given what they've done is they have literally taken the switch form factor. So they've got a seven inch touchscreen um in the mm. middle of it. They've got um uh, controllers handles either side of that widescreen. Um, the screen is 800p now and not 720p, so you're getting a slight improvement on the Switch there. Um, uh, and the, yeah, the controllers are either side of the screen. They're not Joy Cons; they are fixed, so you can't take them off. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are a lot. They're like they're like two Joy Cons stuck together. If you want an idea for the size, they're like they're like like twice the depth, not depth mm. width, I guess. Um, because they encompass, you've got you've got dual analog controllers on each one on each side. Um, you get a D pad, you get standard A B X Y buttons, um, but you also get a, a trackpad on each side. Like so, the, mm. some of the Steam controllers' legacy is hanging about here. Yeah, they really were keen on that whole track weird owl trackpad thing. <laughs> the owl, yeah, like, <laughs> the owl. Yeah, they, they were yeah. like, this is just as good as a mouse for playing Doom. And it's like, probably not. <laughs> but they're sort of like, yeah, they're coming at it again. Cause, well, the whole thing with that was like, hey, you, by the way, this is this makes it okay to use mouse-driven games. Honest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're bringing that back. Um, but, I could see that working for, you know, uh, you know, all the RTSs and stuff that are on Steam. Sure. But then if you really wanted to do that, you can dock the thing and it, and the dock is like a, um, it's like a, a, a business style hub, I guess. Like you know, where you dock your laptop in, and suddenly you get a whole load of ports you can actually use. Um, yeah. So hey, you want to plug that keyboard and mouse in that you like, and plug it into a monitor? You can totally do that. Um, Get yourself a PC. You well, want, it is a PC. You want to plug a fight stick into this thing? Yeah, boy, you can do that. So this thing runs. Steam OS Linux. This right, is the contentious bit. Yeah, so right. it is a Steam box. So it is a Steam box, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's a, yeah, it's running Steam OS, but uh, they've been working on it for quite a while. So it's like it's hugely updated since that was a thing. Um, right. Wow. 
I don't know. Honestly, behind the scenes, I've got absolutely no idea whether they've just been updating that steadily because who runs SteamOS? Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's still, which means it's still Linux based, which then presents the immediate question: Okay, what do we do about the games? So you're it, what's, what's so they're, compatible? They're advertising this thing as your Steam library comes with you, and it's like, okay, how? So they have an intermediate layer called Proton that is designed to allow Windows software to run on Linux. Um, And apparently Valve have been working on this pretty heavily to make it so a rather large swathe of games on the library will work on this thing. Now, I specifically have to say a rather large swathe of things because there are already examples being found, even though this thing isn't out. like There are notable examples of some of the biggest games that just aren't going to run on this thing. Things like Apex Legends and... Um, I guess the big free-to-play bangers like Call of Duty, I think, doesn't run on it. Um, things like that, um, just because it's not compatible with Proton yet, and it's mm. well, but, and so, to a, to a certain extent, yeah, all right, that's totally expected. Not everything is going to work perfectly. That's just the nature of the beast. But then, but then you're sort of on risky ground, right? Like if you're buying into this right now, and they are taking pre-orders because, of course, they are available between Q1 and Q3 2022, um, depending on which version you buy. If you buy the cheap version, you'll get it this year. If you want the expanded better versions, and it sounds like you should probably go for the mid-tier and upwards because they get faster hard drives, um, NVMe drives in them. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you're, if you're pre-ordering that so, thing right now it's like you don't i don't i'm not sure you can really guarantee what you're going to be able to play on it and the games you can play like i guess you know you're targeting 800p 720p so that you know that's a lot easier than running oh absolutely if you actually want to something. use it as a handheld then but like you're probably there's overhead from that proton layer probably for a lot of titles mm. and then obviously it's reduced hardware compared to no matter how good it is it's probably not as good as a full-on it's not a gaming pc right? no yeah or even a gaming laptop right or maybe i don't know maybe, maybe i more mean comparable to that they're using they've they've brought amd on board to do this so it's mm. the potential for it to be using similar hardware or similar technology that amd have already been involved with for things like xbox and playstation you know this could right. be a pretty efficient soc based design um yeah i honestly haven't looked into it's, the detail on that and i think ign have actually been doing quite a large blowout on what's actually going on with this thing um so, so it's check x86 that out, right like I, I, uh, my assumption yeah i haven't read that much detail must be because i suppose the xbox is x86 and the playstation but like presumably the switch is arm is it yeah it must be yeah i believe so that's not x86 yeah because that's interesting like uh given that like uh yeah well whatever apple desktops are going arm you now you've got like a, a handheld that's even smaller than a laptop that's x86 in the form of the steam deck well here's the thing like they're not the uh, steam aren't the first to do this it's news because it's valve right there are yeah there are companies out there that are, have been like asus i believe have been making devices of this form factor that are just full-on windows pcs like this mm. isn't this isn't technically new to the space but it's the first time i guess a big player has tried to be all like right we we want to do this like a console I presume you can install Windows on it if you want. You totally right? probably could, yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. 
I mean, they've 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 gone out of their way to to also mention it's like, hey, this is just a Linux machine. You can probably put yeah. other game stores on this if you want. We're yeah, not, yeah. we're not going to stop you. Hmm. That's that's kind of cool. I like. I know what you mean. Like, I saw the looks of it, and at first I was like, oh, that's a bit weird how the controls are right in the corner there. And then I was like, one second later, I was like, actually, that probably is quite comfortable. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's exactly what the um, IGN report said. Um, they were like, "Yeah, this looks a little unwieldy until you put your hands on it, and until then, and then suddenly it, yeah. it's all like, actually, this is all right." Because um, I imagine it's you know heavier than a switch for sure. Like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it would, yeah, it would definitely be heavier. It's a um, chunky monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got a similar trigger layout to. Um, I would say the trigger layout is more similar to to the Wii U gamepad if that makes sense like the the, the hmm. it has squidgy triggers as well so they're you know you're going to get an analog response out of those it's got back buttons similar to elite controllers hmm. so i don't think you're going to be um lacking in buttons in terms of controller layout Zach, so, what do you think of this thing are you going to be playing factorio over at rob's like is this a cheap pc upgrade Switch for games? you well yeah that is kind of the thing but like I mean, it's, you're not going to be able to get it. <laughs> there is <laughs> so it's, going to, it's going to be at least as much a shortage as anything else, if not more so. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's already mostly sold out. Yeah, right? I'm sure. And also, with and the current the chip shortage, thing, right? it's like, what? How many of these can they actually realistically commit to making? Yeah. So it's like a decent PC, obviously, in this crazy small for a PC form factor mm. uh, and around the price of like a console right is it uh the entry level is about 350 dollars wasn't it some and um mm. but yeah for, you you probably want the 450 dollar model let's be honest right. which is is that the price of a playstation 5 or yeah you're getting into that sort X? of that sort of range yeah yeah I think it's cool this exists. Uh, oh, I yeah. I don't know if I think this is mo- and that much more likely to succeed than the other um, Valve hardware. No, I think um, it's... I think it'd be similarly niche. I, uh, yeah, I, I get the... F- initial. I think it's probably... I'm, I'm probably more positive on this, I think, than I would have been about Steam boxes because Steam boxes were an interesting idea, and I still think there is... It's it's, it's I, kind of a shame those things didn't take off because they are, they are an interesting yeah. concept in the idea of, like... Uh, we talked about this before, and like when we've been recently, actually, in fact, when we were talking about SOCs and PCs, you know, and, and laptops moving in that general direction, and it's like I may not, I've I've been a bit negative on the whole, like, oh, but what if you want to repair and do it? And it's like you can't really do that with these. Fine, if they're at a price point where that doesn't matter, fine. Like Max, I'm not at that price point where that doesn't matter to me. But yeah, that's a different different question. Um, the if they can start making like PC esque machines at a cheaper price point that have all the advantages of SOC style hardware, wouldn't that be easier for most consumers than building a ridiculous yeah. PC rig? Like and po- like and potentially like- better because that's where te- the you know better technology is going. It's like I'm, yeah, I'm that, sort of coming around like- to bits of this is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Because we've talked about it before, just for, for non-gaming stuff, it seems like probably the laptops that most of the world uses are heading that way, with maybe Apple leading the way there, but I'm sure Microsoft won't be that far behind with the SoC-based, you know, cheap, fast, efficient laptops. But that's not unrelated to the kind of PC gaming master race situation. No, <laughs> so I, I think you buy, you buy one of the reasons you buy a desktop is for the power and for the ability to repair it. 
If you're not interested yeah, in that, yeah. you can buy a gaming laptop now, you know, uh, for yeah. about the same money. Um, uh, yeah. if, if, if you don't really care. So fine, go do that. And it's like, well, okay, if they want to make a consolized PC market that uses that tech, that's probably the home for it. That makes, that sort of makes sense now. Oh, yeah. Imagine, yeah, and then you start thinking, well, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I was like, you can't combine this with Game Pass because it's Microsoft. Okay. I mean, but, but you could. If, 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 Steam, if, if, if a box right? like that ran Windows, then you'd be all right. Yeah. Yeah. But would, and then I thought, well, would Microsoft make that? And I'm like, no, they wouldn't make a mobile Xbox. And if they did, it would be a mobile Xbox, not a PC. Yeah. Well, they've, Microsoft time and time again have said they're just not interested in that space. That's not, yeah, yeah. That's not what they're set out to do. And fair, so, fair enough. They've, they've, they're not set out to do that in that space because they're more interested in xCloud. And actually, that's probably what they would do. I would, yeah. I would not be surprised if they tried to put an xCloud app on, on Steam Deck. Steam Deck. I mean, they could, right? They, I mean, why wouldn't they? In a weird way, as as it's not like trying to play it like on the tube. Or what, <laughs> why is this? Why is this that much different for me trying to use my? Samsung Galaxy phone with a controller attached to play Bloodstained or something like this is like it's not that removed really. No, I mean the power in the Steam Deck is way overkill for <laughs> for doing that, presumably. Yeah, I mean Steam have also said, "Hey, by the way, don't forget about Steam Remote Play." And uh, right, like you can still do, you can use this as a remote play device for the games that won't run. Won't run, yeah. It's like that, that just just remote to your PC, <laughs> which means you've got to have a PC. Which kind of you know, <laughs> I'm not sure it's aimed at that market necessarily, but yeah, yeah, I suppose. Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. Like with great interest. Yeah, jury's out on whether it will be a success or not, but it is it is decidedly interesting. It's definitely even if it's well thought out hardware and, and comfortable and works and everything it definitely looks weird <laughs> similar to the the, the uh, steam controller it's like yeah i'm sure you put a lot of thought about the ergonomics and everything and all that's cool but it looks weird <laughs> and it's it is going to be it's just going to be an uphill battle for them yeah to to really win through um if they want to carve a space in the bigger you know out of the, out of so the when, big, big when three do you think steam will do you know a Game Pass. When is Steam going to do a subscription service? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not like obvious. I mean, there's no signs that anyone else wants to do it, is but there? You can't. Well, you can't because I, they're not your games. Like making yeah, those but, deal. I mean, Valve probably could. But Valve like, have the money to do well, that. It's not if they necessarily the money that. as much as like the contacts and like the people. Oh <laughs> like, no! Oh, obviously, yeah. Microsoft and Sony have all the contacts in the world, whereas Valve. Don't talk to anyone ever. <laughs> essentially, yeah. My, my, <laughs> Microsoft and Epic definitely have more power in that right way because they're more of a. But Valve don't really publish, right? No. So that's where they. That's where Valve are losing their contacts. Yeah. But Valve must be talking to some of the big players for when they when games go up on the site, right? And like certain deals, and they're probably they're probably in conversation the whole time about the whole like fee thing, right? Right now, which probably isn't working in Valve's favor, honestly. But I imagine there must be you know a reasonable amount of communication. It would be mad for Valve not to have the contacts as big as they are. I'm not Another saying that, I'm not. Sa- I saw, I'm not saying that that's not uh, what's happened. It could. It could very well be that, but it would be mad. 
sorry, carry on, Dad. Uh, was that another someone that might be entering the fray on the whole thing is Netflix, right? Expected to expand into video games. Oh, I mean, yeah. how? No extra charge. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the question. But they're they're hiring people related to it, and they they're talking about it. I mean, for what um, mobile? Like, what what would Netflix? I don't know how it would be? work. I mean, it's, it's all hints and rumors and stuff. But they, they, so, how would it work with a platform? Maybe it will be, um, you know, uh, like X Cloud or whatever. Well, there'd be like a generation of smart TVs that are like light consoles or have enough power to run light games and they'll be like well if you've got a netflix subscription you can play the angry birds from 10 years ago on your tv who knows that how they'll do it but uh, it sounds like i mean it's probably worth yeah it's not like amazon or google have had much success that's true like what if netflix are trying to do a a, a, what what is that thing even called stadia that's it yeah i think maybe maybe they will but i mean if they offer that as part of their existing service that, that basically everyone has, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess they could look at. Thing. I guess they could look at, it, at what Xbox has done with Game Pass and just bundling X Cloud in with it, and be all like, "Well, what if we just bundled it in?" Hmm. With yeah, that, exactly. with, with, What would be our? But then, surely the question they must be having on this is like, okay, what? How? How many actual new? Because Netflix wouldn't if they're just bundling it in. Is like the question for them is the new customer number right they they that's yeah that's yeah that's the only reason they would do this and it's like i don't know my question would be is like if you were tempted on having a gaming subscription what's the likelihood of you already having a netflix subscription and uh, like my my gut says quite high yeah yeah I don't know what they're going to do, but sounds like they might do something. I mean, I'm not a marketing and demographics guy, honestly, obviously, but uh, like, it's just a, I don't know. My, yeah, my gut says it's like maybe that's not going to be as successful as you think. <laughs> I suppose they've been fairly cautious with it because they haven't, like I say, they haven't, they haven't, like you say, they haven't gone madly in like Amazon and even Google. You'd think Google would be, you know, would have. You know, a fairly good chance of success, and it hasn't gone that well, has it? It's gone terribly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. They picked the worst business model for that service because it wasn't a subscription, yeah. right? Well, there was a subscription, but that was just granted you four K and a games with gold style drip feed of yeah, it was the of, model of things. It's like whereas no, they should have launched it as a, a cloud gaming services should just be launched as subscription models, and yeah, because n- not many other models make sense. Because uh, in- Nvidia is the one exception to that rule. Like they, they, they are. Well, maybe they're the exception that makes the rule. I don't know how that that phrase ever works. It's like because they they don't do that, right? They have. Uh, it was Nvidia now. It's a streaming service that effectively just streams stuff from your Steam library. Um. So you like you buy games on Steam, and if you have Nvidia now, you can then stream them. So you still have to buy the games. That is kind of the Stadia model, right? Nvidia are doing that, and that somehow mm. they've been—I wouldn't say they're mainstream successful like Stadia are trying to be—but they're powering along, and no one seems to think that Nvidia is a bad service if you are going that way. It's true, yeah. It's just that the difference is there is that NVIDIA aren't trying to be we're a game store. 
It's a weird space. That about does it for news. Well, yeah. Apart from apart from we have to talk about character reveals for Brawl. <laughs> Nickelodeon oh, really? Brawl. Oh god. Yeah. Nickelodeon Brawl. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it's called? Well, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's other Brawl. words in the title, uh, but it, Brawl is the main one. Is it Nick All-Star oh, right. Brawl? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Nintendo and Nickelodeon is too close Ooh. in terms of yes, beginning that, that with doesn't an help N. either. <laughs> and yeah. But it almost makes you wonder like it's Bra- Brawl is just the word, isn't it, now, for this sort of game? Well, yeah, I guess. But surely the people making this must be aware that Brawl is the bad Smash Brothers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but then again, <laughs> they probably would have pissed more people off if they called it, like, Melee. Isn't, isn't melee, Brawl the one that's had... Melee. I was about to say, isn't Brawl the one that's had the most unofficial patchwork for emulators? <laughs> yeah, but that's not helping. I mean, I guess probably... There's like the, didn't they call it the M edition or something? Yeah, Project M. But that was done in, the, the other, like all the versions I think have a Project M. Oh, do they? Okay. At this point. Just the Brawl one was probably the most famous for being the only really viable version of Brawl. <laughs> for competitive purposes. <laughs> yeah, all right. But yeah, they, they're putting this out. And interestingly, well, it... It's the devs of Slap City, which is one of the other Smash Brothers rip-offs. Slap City, I don't, and yeah, I don't know that one. Yeah, that, it's one of. It's probably the least famous of the recent Smash Brother takes, like Rolls of Ether or whatever, or Brawl Stars. Brawl Stars, yeah. But people seem to think Slap City was pretty decent, and something Valhalla, Legends of Valhalla, Brawlhalla. Brawlhalla, that's it. Yes, yeah, that's the Ubisoft one, right? Yeah. Yeah, we get weird characters in that as well. <laughs> shovel Knight. Yep, got to get your Shovel Knight somewhere. But so it's uh, it's a semi good fighting game dev, and apparently it's already got better netcode than Smash because it has it has netcode. netcode. Yeah, it has rollback. Oh my god! <laughs> so so it might actually be online viable. But then you know Nickelodeon characters, they've got some ridiculous ones already. Patrick. Well, I mean, that's not ridiculous. It's basically all you know, all the SpongeBob characters. That was guaranteed. Oh wait, so, so there is certain. so there is SpongeBob, there is Patrick. Have we got Squidward? We haven't had Squidward yet. We've got <laughs> Sandy. <laughs> I hope he has a skin where he's handsome, Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had Squidward or Mr. Krabs. There's, oh man, Mr. Krabs! <laughs> it's only Sandy and and Patrick and SpongeBob. You gotta have Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Maybe. But then the DLC. other, the other DLC, Mr. Krabs. Well, I mean, they haven't revealed all the characters, yet, yeah, clearly. But the rest of the characters is, is pretty ridiculous in itself. And the few that aren't revealed specifically in the trailer, but are sort of silhouetted on the not final box art. Please tell me, hey, Arnold's in it. Helga. Oh, Helga. okay, okay, okay. Which that's... makes sense if you're going to make a fighting game character. Yeah, right, hey, right, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I would have much have like as long as she picks up Arnold and throws him like a football. <laughs> Well, it's like some kind of final smash. Arnold's like a projection, a, pro- a projectile attack. <laughs> yeah. So that's already pretty weird. But then, I mean, the thing about- I'm amazed they included her, honestly. Well, this is the thing. It's like, surely that predates, like, any kind of the real. I mean, is, is there a modern Nickelodeon zeitgeist? Like. Well, that's the thing about when, when I was watching some videos of people talking about this, where it's just like they're looking at the list of Nintendo, uh, Nintendo Nickelodeon shows, and they're like, I know, I know up to like here, which is 13 out of 57. Wow. Okay. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, there's quite a lot of Nickelodeon stuff after we were paying attention for sure. 
Ren and or Stimpy. Their only silhouette on the box art theory at the moment. Like a like Cora. Mm. But Powder Toast Man is oh my God. revealed. Oh my god. <laughs> Shit yeah. Yeah. Is this game gonna be rad? I don't know if it's going to be rad. Like they show the, when they show the fighting in very brief cuts, you can sort of feel the like janky smash brothers-esque-ness of it <laughs> is that was, just because we're too used to smash yeah right? i mean it's probably it probably is going to be fine as all these other smash clones have been i really should play one like just to see if the- i've never played anything else like you know a fake smash i guess yeah it's like, and i've got a few and it's like i've just never actually tried them like rivals of ether looks pretty damn sweet like pixel smash why yeah. not and then there's some other characters some other characters. Go on, go on. Spill. Well, the thing is, Spill. like, a lot of the characters that they did show in this first trailer are <laughs> the old uh, characters. Apart from, I guess, SpongeBob isn't really. SpongeBob is kind of middle tier, I suppose, in terms of age. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to talk about famous Nickelodeon characters, SpongeBob's the one, right? Yeah, obviously. But you've got, obviously, you've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They put them in yet another fighting game, because oh, yeah, why not? Nickelodeon owns that now. <laughs> Although this, this reveal trailer only has two of them. You have to assume they're all going to be there, because like, that would be dumb if it was only two of them at random. DLC! My favourite turtle's not in the game, DLC! But then you've got... I mean, there's a couple of modern Nickelodeon characters that I didn't recognise. Oh, wait, wait, what, what style of turtle have they got? Is it like 80s looking, or is it just because it's in that weird 3D-esque yeah, sort of, fashion? That yeah, it's really sort know? of like some kind of middle... I mean, you could always say action figure-esque, except not really that plasticky. But <laughs> I mean, that would be a choice. This is action figure turtles. As long as it's not Michael Bay turtles. No, they're, obviously. They're, they're all right. But you've got, um, you've got Oblina from Real Monsters. Oh, okay, cool. That's a fairly hardcore Ooh, callback. Yeah, you could do some weird mechanics with her as well, because he's so stretchy. Yeah. You've got... Um, I'm trying to think of all the other ones that I want to talk about beforehand, but I can't because it's just... You've got Nigel Formery. <laughs> what, from Arnold? From the Wild Thornberry. Oh, the Wild, the Wild Thornberry. Thornberry. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't really remember that very well. Which is just... Um, I mean, like, that's the, probably the weirdest fighting game character you're going to have in there, maybe. you got Reptar, I suppose. Because <laughs> that was like, who do you put in for Rugrats? Okay, that's, that's, right. that's cool. I mean, you'd probably babies. throw in Angelica, right? I guess. Are they, but that's kind are of like they rebooting uh, um, Rugrats? Yeah, I think like so. Like the cartoon. They could throw in old old Tommy, right? Because they did the Rugrats. <laughs> yeah, but you can't do like weird. Yeah, you can. Well, I suppose you can. This is, this is exactly the place for that. Yeah, but you want the original characters. It's, yeah, like, it's mean, just like Smash Bros. You want the, the true form of these original characters. And then some of the box <laughs> art silhouettes suggest that you're going to get uh, at least two of the characters from Avatar, obviously. Yeah, uh, I kind of still actually want to watch that. It, <laughs> sure, it looks it looks pretty decent. Uh, like we said, Ren and Stimpy seem to be in the silhouette. But, I mean, if they're not there, that is a travesty. <laughs> well, but Power and Toast Man though <laughs> kind of <laughs> makes up for it <laughs> for being hella obscure. That's oh, gonna make me laugh. At two stupid dogs. Uh, oh no, that's Cartoon Network. Yeah, that's Cartoon yeah. Network. Uh, the other one, Angry was- Beavers. Angry Beavers, yes! The other one that seems to be in the silhouette is Cat Dog. Yes! <laughs> Alright, Cat Dog. Oh, I hope I hope Cat Dog's properly weird. It would have to be. You want that to but be like some kind of Rocco's, Rocco's modern life. Well, yeah, Heifer. that is the question. <laughs> Heifer, obviously. Yeah. 
So yeah, that seems weird. I, I'm sure, like you have to, if you if you're putting Rocco's Modern Life in there, you have to have an attack <laughs> where the attack is your eyeballs coming out of your head in like elongated <laughs> fashion, right? Because that's that happens yeah, so yeah. often. In the- <laughs> but apart from that, it looks like Smash Brothers. It appears to have the traditional Smash Brothers mechanics of building up damage and then punching people off the screen. <laughs> oh my god. You've made me way more hype for this than I anticipated. <laughs> I was I was like passing this up as as vaguely non news, and then then the more we've talked about it, it's just like oh god, actually this could be amazing. Well, it's because it's because it has this, or at least in this first trailer, this, this particular focus towards old Nickelodeon, like the bits that we actually know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Which I mean, you, I, I mean, I'm sure that's that's actually what the devs want as well Man, like, I mean, like i'm sure they're old enough to know about the old nickelodeon more than the modern nickelodeon i know they won't do this but like in the spirit of these games being crossover games generally <laughs> like if they did open up to cartoon network how amazing could this thing be <laughs> like the powerpuff girls turn up johnny bravo <laughs> turns up <Yeah. laughs> samurai jack just thrown in damn that would be a video game and they're not restricted by the no anime rules. I mean, I guess like, no, they're very much not. <laughs> Literally the opposite. Hell yeah! I was trying to remember. I was just trying to remember what what channel Earthworm Jim would have been on. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I don't think that was affiliated necessarily. No, not direct, it's like a third party, even in the like. TV channel aspect. I want to say back in the day, that might have been aired on TCC. <laughs> like, when that was a thing on Sky. Hmm. Yeah, it was, might have been one of the Sky channels. I get that feeling. Yeah, maybe it was like a Sky 1 Saturday morning show or something. I really don't know where we caught wind of Earthworm Jim. <laughs> yes, because, like, I, yeah, it's hard to distinguish. I mean... But then that's a video game crossover. Well, yeah, no, but I'm saying he he also has a cartoon, which in, in, in the inverse of the Smash Brothers lore of you're not having anime characters because they don't have a video game. Now you've got the Earthworm Jim works both ways. He can go into Smash or the cartoon fighter. I guess. <laughs> He's a heinous missed opportunity in Smash. Yep. If they're only announcing one more character, it's not going to be him. No. Heinous. <laughs> Get hyped for angry fevers. <laughs> hey, ducky, ducky, ducky. Hey, ducky, ducky, ducky. Big hug. <laughs> I used to love that show. Uh, I mean, he was, what was his name? Norbert and... What, yeah, what Norbert and Dagbert. Dagbert? Dagbert? Oh, I the rubber. You just daggy. Norbert was clearly a stoner, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and it, he would he would have been the um the beaver they sung that Primus sing about. <laughs> right, that's the news. Yep. It's time for what have you been playing? Um starting with Zach. Well, not much new, that's for sure. <laughs> like nothing new, in fact. Um I've continued to pick away at Dyson Sphere program a bit more. 
But, oh, really? But it's really at the point of just like, now I'm fully in just scaling, which is like, you scale up one bit of your face and it's like, okay, well, that, that makes this much per second, but this other part that I also need doesn't make this much per second, so now I have to go back and upgrade that. And you just constantly keep going back and forth and just keep mm. upgrading them until you fill an entire planet with just making one thing. Do you, do you not think you're at the point where you should probably leave it alone for early access to do its thing? And then, well, I mean, that's what I said last time, the, like the first time I played it, but I mean, I mean, pretty much. I kind of just, <laughs> I kind of just want to get to the actual end, end, because I'm still, I'm still like a couple of technologies short of finishing the tech tree, and I've only built part of the Dyson sphere. <laughs> Sounds like the start of an insult, doesn't it? I'm a couple of technologies short of the tech tree. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, then there, there's not really any new content as such. It's just a matter of this time I've been more efficient again, obviously. And better organized. Although the 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 galaxy, I guess that I that I made this save in is like much less advantageous in terms of like layout and planets and you know random generation. Essentially, trying to give yourself a challenge. Well, kind of. I mean, the challenge that I've always done since the first time I played is just set the resource density down to 0.5 because resource, it's like that, and that even that turning it all the way down to 0.5, which is the lower setting still only really makes a different difference on your starter planet. Like as soon as you get even within the same solar system to one of the other planets, you're just like, well, this is never going to run out for as long as I'm probably going to be in this star system. Hmm. It's really only a matter of the first planet, which is a shame because I feel like you could turn down it quite a lot more than 0.5 and it would still be totally viable. Or at least it would have to... The, I mean, like Maybe the scaling needs to drop off less slowly because like the first planet is quite low on resources, so you're like, I have to be kind of careful about just wait, you know, wasting resources. Not that you can really waste resources in that game exactly, but, but then once, once as soon as you get out off that planet to one of the neighboring planets in the solar system those are relatively rich but then like as soon as you get out of the star system into the neighboring star systems those are practically back to just normal like rich well not really normal richness it's still 0.5 but it's still so much that you're never really going to run out much unless you're unless you build an entire you know planet factory which at a certain point you're going to do but probably only in one of these 64 goddamn stars that you have access to hmm. <laughs> so theoretically 0.5 resources is not really that much of a problem because you can still be choosy yeah i mean that's why the main thing that, that this that this like random generation was less good for was um tidally locked planets because that's Getting a tightly locked planet just makes the sort of transition between normal power and Dyson Sphere so much easier because you just build a bunch of solar panels on the sun-facing side of that planet. Sure, yeah. And then you never have to worry about, you know, power fluctuation or dealing with batteries or whatever. And then you can basically cover an entire hemisphere of that planet in solar panels and get a ridiculous amount of power, mm. particularly because often the tightly locked planets are close to well, close to stars that are like bigger or more powerful. So often you get the bonus to solar panel output as well. So it can be like 150% solar power effectiveness on top of it being continuous. Hmm. But then also having a tidally locked planet helps when you get to like launching the solar sails because then your rail guns always have line of sight because they're not on a planet that rotates. <laughs> so that helps on that front. So really just finding a nice, a tidally locked planet in a 
uh, like near a nice star and in the vicinity of as many of the other resources as you can find is what you want. But quite often, tidy, the tidy locked planets are just like one planet in the entire star system. That's like the only one, so you don't get much resources. This, in this case, it actually has like four planets in the system, but they all only have generic resources, none of the special stuff. So basically, I've had to expand out to the adjacent star systems to get any of the actual. Well, actually, it's mainly the, like the hydrogen because it doesn't have a gas giant in this system, so I'm having to import all the hydrogen from a neighboring gas giant system, mm. which makes it slightly less convenient, but still not that inconvenient. <laughs> not inconvenient enough. No, the puzzle is still solved. Yes, essentially. And the only thing that's really changed they've, they've, since I last played, there's one new building, but it's completely irrelevant because it's like an upgraded smelter where it's like, oh, it's, it's it's two times speed instead of one times speed. But the amount of resources it takes to make, it's just like, why would you waste that many resources making this smelter to upgrade from one to two? I would just build two. Yeah, and you, it's not like you're really limited by space, really. Because you've got so many goddamn planets that you can build on. And if you wanted to, you could just cover an entire planet in only smelting. And that would probably be more smelters than you'd ever need. <laughs> Much more smelters. Yeah. So that's a kind of pointless building. But then the only other thing that's really updated is something that I'm not sure if it's ever going to evolve into something important. Because it's like meta level. Where they've added the Milky Way map. Where basically... It it uploads, it uploads. It's sort of like a scoring system almost. It uploads your, the data about your overall power output from Dyson spheres, and just puts it into like a galaxy map that shows everyone, and it shows you like the seed. I see. So you can look up someone's seed and see how much power they're making off that seed. Oh, I see, interesting. But it it doesn't do anything, of course. It's just like this fancy visualization of fancy way of representing it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of neat. Yeah, I don't know if that will evolve into anything at some point. But yeah, it's an interesting thing to just look at that map and look at like the like the really bright spots where where the most power is and see what's been going on. Where it's like, oh, this this is some weird like Chinese server essentially, where there's like thirty different people all on the same seed, so they've obviously got thirty times as much output as anyone playing by themselves would. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all it's just a big list of Chinese names. I know how to farm. Yeah. There's some other ones that are, like, not Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm on seed number 17, because I was like, like well, you just start with one, obviously, but then, like, let's go up the numbers until there's not anyone playing these. But although apparently no one plays on point five resource difficulty anyway, so I could have probably played You're in a galaxy three, of your own. <laughs> maybe. Because yeah. it does sort it by resource density as oh, well. Like, right, the seed yeah. number actually includes resource density and how many stars are in the, are in the cluster as well oh, as the before, actual randomization. Before you get to the number. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I've only made a one gigawatt Dyson Sphere so far. <laughs> gigawatt. I think my biggest one from my previous save was like eight-ish. Maybe. Those numbers seem low for like... Yeah. Well, yes, it is. It's extremely low for how much Dyson Sphere <laughs> stuff should fit out. Yeah, but I guess most people understand a gigawatt as opposed to <laughs> yeah. having to le- learn. The well, also because it wouldn't make any sense. Gigawatt. It wouldn't make any sense for the like the gameplay to because as soon as you launched any amount of Dyson Sphere stuff, you'd never need power ever again, no yeah. matter how much you expanded your factory. <laughs> so they needed yeah. to balance it to like the actual power usage of the normal factory buildings. 
because even so, like you just have crappy sons. That's all it is. <laughs> well, I mean, there is that. Like, it, basically, every time I've built a sphere, it's been around a like a more powerful than the starter system son for sure. You are a crappy son. <laughs> said the daddy sphere to the Dyson sphere. <laughs> um, so there's that. And I've mostly just been playing more Derg. Derg! Yep, just trundling. Derg? Trundling into the mines of Deep Rock Galactic and wandering around. I'm definitely at the point where I'm just like... It's, it's getting towards the point of the Left 4 Dead problem of like difficulty 3 is way too easy and difficulty 4 is too much effort. <laughs> Especially solo. I made you play solo that much, really. Well, it's, a, it's a decent game, but like, I can't imagine. I don't want to play that solo. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it like because I've been thinking about starting to play solo Driller because I've been playing solo Gunner, mm. and that seems like it's going to be way harder because like the Driller doesn't really have any traversal stuff apart from just digging directly from time to digging tunnels to things I mean, which is going to make it much harder to like get things up on walls and all that kind of stuff you'll have to like dig into the wall and come up behind it yeah, yeah, and drill a hole through it which is yeah, going to be in, a, in rampy spirally fashion yeah it's going to be way more awkward because like the gunner as i said before i think is probably the like best solo character just for the zip line yeah because it's so much more and i guess the guns like having, if you want to use the minigun, you obviously never have to reload that, which helps as long as you don't overheat it. <laughs> that helps you when you're solo, because then they obviously you're not having to wait for reloads. But if you change the auto cannon, that has a really long reload sequence, but because it's like splash damage and, and it does a ton of damage, direct damage as well, that is very useful to go with that as well. But yeah, it's mainly the zip line. And I guess he has the shield as well. Mm. I think I said that before. It's like those two things as your support tools makes it a much more viable solo character than any of the other ones, probably. Sure. Apart from maybe the engineer, because turrets, obviously. Yeah. Face the swarms on your own, and you can you can almost platform anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> as we discovered on that vision that, we, that me and Rob did the other day. Oh my god. I had to build such an enormous platform spiral to try and get out of this hole. Yeah, it was, I don't think I've ever seen a cave spawn in that way where it's just like I'm almost vertical vertical I've seen some vertical rooms but they were more like two rooms stacked on top of each other with a hole in the middle Mm. whereas this was just literally just a shaft (laughs) that went down miles that was a bit of a toughie because I I panicked a bit because it was well it wasn't yeah it wasn't helped by the fact that it was also a low oxygen mission yeah so when we were on the escape part and we had to climb back up that and the mule had already left so we didn't have a mobile oxygen so we we were just like calling in drop pods of ammo but not for the ammo for the oxygen oxygen. yeah that was that was toughie but it was was quite fun though yeah it's kind of the they're kind of the moments you want from a game like that you want the sort of panic Rather than both of us being leached at the same time, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was the start of that session where we just sucked. Yeah, that was that was the least good outcome. They they basically have the um, barnacles. Yeah, barnacles or the tongue guy from Left for the Dead, whatever that was called. Smokes. Um, yeah, the smokes. Yes, they that that just ends your run very quickly. Yep. <laughs> I was wondering about like because you there's. You have the different perks. There's obviously the one that warns you when you're about to get grabbed, which is one way to solve that problem. 
kind of except it doesn't give you that much warning and you do have to like very quickly identify where it is and shoot it before it grabs you which can sometimes still be a struggle even if you know it's about to happen and also sometimes that warning can be like for other things like the the when you're in the sand caves and it has that sand shark thing that jumps up and grabs you oh right it's the same warning so you don't know whether you're looking up or down So that can be kind of bad, but I was thinking like there's that. Also, up- when you hear that, does that mean you're pretty much guaranteed to get grabbed? Like you can't just dodge at that point. It depends. Like with the barnacle, the cave leeches, because they extend downwards and they only have like a certain zone. Sometimes, if you get that warning and instantly walk backwards, you'll just immediately go out of their range again. Mm. So you can deal with it that way, kind of. But oftentimes, you've already taken like several steps forwards and it's already halfway down. <laughs> But I was thinking, like maybe the other perk that I don't know if it would if it's an if it would be a viable option was the one where you can get back up for six seconds when you go down. Because then I was wondering if that would have helped oh. us in our situation. Is six seconds long enough to res someone though? I'm not sure. <laughs> it would probably be close, huh. and you'd have to be like right next to them, which in some cases we were because we both died from the same fucking <laughs> That was stupid. And also, I don't know if you can res someone in that state. No, because it's meant know. to be some kind of last stand where you get superpowered and just shoot things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But the, I mean, because I have my active perk that I'm using in the in our multiplayer session is the one where, well, it has it. The active perks are weird because they also have passive effects. But like the passive effect is when I get hit in melee, I do more melee damage, which I use all the time because I'm saving ammo. <laughs> Mm. Just wait for them to hit me and they just kill them. <laughs> which is much easier. But the active part of it is is that um like when I go down I can just basically choose to explode and kill everything in the vicinity. <laughs> which I okay. virtually never use. Well, I mean I don't go down that much really, but <laughs> Does explode take you out? Well I'm already you're already down. It, yes, it's not, there isn't really a permanent out. No, either. that's the weird thing about going down in that game, is like the enemies will keep fighting you, but you don't. You never die. Yeah, <laughs> which we used on a couple of occasions when Rob went down miles away. And I was just like, "Well, I'll get to you in a minute." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while the swarm <laughs> gathers on my corpse, and I'm sitting here going, "Hello," <laughs> as the dwarves do. Yeah, I love the dwarf voices <laughs> and the mystery voice. The, the mystery, top, like, mystery voice. That's probably Carl. <laughs> probably <laughs> the ghost of Carl. Yep. <laughs> mysterious Carl. For Carl. And I don't know what the reference is, like, you know, it might be Kickstarter backers or something, I guess, maybe. But there's also, you hear the occasional reference to Whale Piper. Like, when you find those dead corpses that are hidden, when you, like, scan the helmet and you find the secret corpse, occasionally they'll they'll say that it's, it's, well, I'll get your armor back home, Whale Piper. But it seems to be, like, a name, not a, like... <laughs> John right. or something. So, so it's, there's some other person. It's not just Carl. Well, Piper just loses his arm all the time. <laughs> or dies a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a couple of other situations where mm. they'll reference Whale Piper. Whale Piper. <laughs> I can't wait for that game to get more updates. It's yeah, one of, it's uh, one of those. Apparently, it's like they, they've done a lot of work to it since it came out, but also I can't wait for there to be more. Well, it seems like like we sort of came in at a like long pause where it's just like they're doing the modding update but then the one after that is like a lot of content yeah like, sounds like, like sounds at least one new weapon for everyone for a yeah. start and that's like quite significant sounds big and a mate and i think they've hinted 
I don't think they've said there's going to be a new environment, but they've said there's going to be a new mission type. Oh, good. Oh, maybe good. Some yeah. of those missions are better than others. Hey, yeah. The trick to those is to just have more things to surprise you. More different enemy types, more different. Well, yeah, the enemy types is maybe the thing. Although then again, we you know we'd probably see more different things on high difficulties because mm. we're still. I mean, we're mostly playing difficulty four now, but <laughs> yeah, I'm occasionally seeing stuff I've never seen before. Yeah, but it definitely doesn't last. Like, we've probably I don't know if we've seen everything. We've probably seen maybe not seen like two things. <laughs> There's probably some bosses I haven't seen, I guess. Yeah, like, maybe. That, that sounds like that might be the place where... Um, well, because we got the the tank. That was the last one that we The did. Betsy. Yeah, the, where it's just like it's infected, but then you clear it up and then you get it. <laughs> now we have a tank. But I think, like... I still feel like somehow we've, like, not played every environment enough to see the environment-specific stuff. Right. <laughs> like the sand sharks in the sand cave. Like, we've probably seen those a couple of times seen them a couple of times yeah but like not that often and then the like the um little zappy dudes that come in the like the more lush oh, what, caverns. like air swarm yeah and yeah, their big breeder thing are annoying i feel like we haven't seen them much and there's a couple of other sort of location specific enemy types derg yep derg derg I like it when the light shines real nice in the ice caves. <laughs> it looks really pretty. It does, but it can be confusing sometimes because, like, the, the, it's mainly in the darkness. Because normally, in the darkness, when things are not illuminated, you just get slight shines off mineral patches. <laughs> but in the ice caves, because everything is reflecting, even in the darkness, you will see something, and it's like that's not that's just a bit of wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> RTX update. Mm. Yeah, give, I was, give us that RTX update. I was definitely thinking like. How ridiculous would this be with like actual ray tracing? It would look so good. <laughs> it would run so bad. Yeah, and that too. <laughs> Break out your thirty nineties. Oh boy, I looked at the price of those again recently. <laughs> Not the thirty. No, I mean the thirty I mean, eighty Ti's. I looked at, but like, but still, Oof. yeah, that's a lot of bucks. Can you get a 3070 for something? Well, you can't get anything, can you? I don't. Did they do a 70? Or is 3060 yeah. super? Oh, no, it's 2060 super. I don't know if they did a 3060 super. But... 3070, I think, is the standard one, isn't it? Is it pretty much? I thought they sticking to their normal numbering schemes, it would have been an 80. But... Well, there is an 80. There's a 70, an 80, an 80 Ti, a 90, which is basically the um, equivalent of a... What were they called? Titan. Oh right, yeah. Basically, because the ninety, the nineties, the stupid one, isn't it? I think the current, like Big Daddy. I guess. Yeah. All eighties are normally like the, the the first one they release in the in a series, right? You like that's normally the go to. It's like yeah. It is for me anyway. I've always targeted the eighties. Oh yeah, that's the obviously that's the that's the one you want if you can afford it that isn't ridiculous. Um, uh, but seventy is probably better value, depending. But can you get either? I don't know. I was actually vaguely looking at 
just computer parts in general the other day because like, I've been talking for a while that it might. I'm, I'm beginning to think it's the time I need to start considering a motherboard and CPU update. Um, mm-hmm. Turns out I probably don't have to change my RAM, so I can save money there because it's still DDR4 these days, and it's still um, just the clock speeds have gone up. And my RAM was always the bit that I got wrong in my build because it was too high a spec for the motherboard, really. Mm. So it's like, ah, oh, my RAM is probably now could be used to its potential. Fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would have to buy a new processor and motherboard. And even, even that, you're still the sort of stuff I was looking at, probably still talking like 600 quid just for that on its own. Mm. And it's like, yeah, I don't, things have got, things feel like they've got quite a lot pricier in, yeah, in PC definitely. land across the board. Um, yeah. I mean, 3080 Ti is ludicrous, isn't it? If what the prices oh, I mean, you even find. you're talking like 1100 quid. Oh, man. Yeah. Just for a graphics card. Yeah. You get more than two next gen consoles for that. If, if I thought you were going to say get two of them, SLI those, cut, those bad boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I presume you can do that, right? Oh, yeah. Can I, I believe that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Madness. It's not something Digital Foundry tests, though, presumably for money reasons. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Surprised they don't do that on uh, online as tech tips more often. They seem to like throwing around expensive graphics cards. So I was like, a, yeah, I was looking at all that because I had another. In what I've been playing this week, I've been playing yeah, NAS Drive scary turn. times. Mm. So my. Uh, oh, how come? Uh, my NAS drive started opera. I noticed it was operating very slowly while I was trying to back up a load of uh, happy salad videos. Mm. And uh, I was like, why is it? Why is this behaving so? So I turned my head around because it's right behind me now. <laughs> it's just like, right, I should right, probably right. look at this thing. It's all in one room. And like the blue light on the front is flashing. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? It's like, it's not like it's a hard drive status light that's complaining and it's not beeping at me to say there's something wrong with a drive. It's like, what is going on? And it's like, after some panicky diagnoses and a very late night, because I was like, I don't want to lose anything. Let me, I got to figure out what this is. And it's like, of course, mm-hmm. it's a hard drive failure. It's just a hard drive failure that the drive didn't, that the thing didn't really detect. And for some reason, it was just holding it up and slowing the whole thing down. Oh, so weird. once I'd figured that out and took out the bad drive and left the good drive in it, it all sped up again. But now, obviously, I'm running a NAS drive without redundancy, which is a bad idea. Without the redundancy, yeah. right. Yeah, so but you can just get new. Get e- new exactly. Yeah, I've got to buy a new drive, plug it in, let it churn it on it for like what? I think it was a day or something it took last time. Probably. So I've got a random yeah. hard disk that may or may not be dead, but probably is dead, sat on my desk right now. Um if I fix this up, you can you can solve your storage problems once and for all, Zach, with a, with an extra three terabytes. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I have the cables inside the box to, inside my thing to attach to it. I mean, it's pretty standard. It's, just, it's yeah, well, I meant I don't, might starter. not have any left. Like I might only uh, have one hard disk cable to attach to my two hard disks. I might not have SATA power, but I've definitely I've definitely got spare SATA <laughs> regular cables. And then you've got no excuse for not installing Valorant. Um, <laughs> We will, we will get there one day. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that was, I, was, I was playing that game. That was a bit of a squeaky bum time moment. It's like, I really don't want to lose what's on that system. Uh, partly because I, at one point I thought the NAS drive was reformatting itself. It's like, ah, don't do that. But it's like, no, it turns out there's a specific area of 
one of the drives that it sets aside for exactly that, where it's like in, it installs its own operating system to one of the drives. So it's like when I was a bit worried that it's like, oh god, no, don't do that. That that like, I don't know what you're doing to my disk. And it's like, no, it's fine. It's like it's a it's a designated area for that stuff. So there was that. Um, I'm going to go back a month in time because I never truly talked about finishing Final Fantasy twelve. Didn't you? No, because I didn't really get time to talk about what I've been playing last oh, yeah. last last yes. podcast. Um, we ran very long, and so I kind of skipped out. Um, but yeah, I finished Final Fantasy twelve. Um, and haven't really been back to it. Boy, the story in that game sucks. Like, I feel like you did say that. <laughs> yeah, I got well. I got to the end of it, and I just. Yeah, no, I did talk about this bit. Like, I got to the end of it. It was just like, I have no idea what's going on. Absolutely none. I, I didn't really understand the motivations of the characters. I didn't understand why we were doing what we were doing. Some of the cool stuff they, or things that I thought might be interesting plot points earlier on turned out to be kind of nothing and unexplained. And it's like, well, what, what was that about? Like, what was the point in that? You kind of threw that away. The, uh, Big bads were kind of not interesting. It was just a bit of a mess, honestly. A bit of a mess. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm putting Final Fantasy twelve on the. I don't know if it's a pedestal or what, but like some kind of some kind of like position of <laughs> you are the poopiest Final Fantasy I've played. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think I I enjoyed thirteen more. You know. <laughs> I enjoyed thirteen two more. I haven't played X two, mm. <laughs> or or thirteen three. Thirteen three, like lightning returns. Yeah, lightning returns. I haven't played that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just didn't feel it. So, but but it's one of those games that kind of like as much as I sort of disliked its main setting and its main story and stuff like that. There's it, like it's mechan- It is mechanically interesting. It just doesn't do enough with its. Um, mechanics I, I i never felt like it truly it truly all came together like so i went i went back into it after beating it for a brief moment to go to because i was sort of like there must be a, the, the, the the characters talk about some areas like that i've never seen and it's like and i'm sure i've got some creature hunts that are in parts of the map i've never never discovered so it's like well i know of one route i need to, i haven't i've never got past because there was a boss fight there i couldn't do so I went back there and did that, uh, which was still a little bit challenging, and then found these areas that I never went to and was just plodding around those for a while. And in fairness to, to the game, I did sort of start seeing some stuff where it's like, oh, actually, okay, I can't just use my default loadout. I am probably going to have to mix up my gambits and mix out the uh, logic of what my party does a bit, a little bit and uh, uh, in order to achieve these. It's like the game, the game finally started bearing some teeth i guess mm. and forcing me to think a little more but it's like but then it just i just couldn't help but get away from the fact i was like well why didn't you make me do that at any point throughout the rest of this game particularly mm. and it's like i pretty much cruised through the whole thing with a standard set of gambits and never really having to mix it up too much it's like i set one rule one set of rules for every character maybe switched a character in at certain moments because i knew they'd be effective against flying creatures or some something simple like that but i wasn't really thinking oh i need to bring in my buff character oh i need to bring in my debuff character 
and or I need to bring in my defensive character, and it, and like and these these considerations were all things you dealt with in thirteen on a regular basis. You weren't necessarily thinking about oh, I need to use this specific debuff because that was all all, all automatic in thirteen. Thirteen was all about the paradigm shifts <laughs> and being like I need to be in this, I need to be playing in this particular style at this particular moment. But that was weirdly way more active than what twelve was doing for me most of the game. Um. So yeah, um. Uh, also, its new game plus system is kind of weird because it like it has new game plus, which is slightly odd for a Final Fantasy game. Um, and you you go into it, and it makes you play the entire intro again. Um, and of course, a lot of that you're not you're not it's not really new game plusy. You've got to do all that with like the same because it has a sort of like separate like little prologue bit where you're playing as a character that you never see again. Mm. Um, it's a uh, it's a bit weird, and then you get there, and then you have to make a save. You have to make a save after you've the moment you can, otherwise, like you can't get back to New Game Plus. New Game Plus spools immediately off the end of your first playthrough, and it doesn't unlock it permanently. <laughs> it's a really stupid idea because it's like, so what happened to me is exactly what you'd expect. I did that. I made the save. I went back into the in, into my previous save um, from the last run because it has one of those points of no returns. So I went into that and then went, um, yeah, went and did some stuff, and then uh, immediately accidentally saved over that new game plus save. So it's like, well, I'm not going to do that again, am I? I'm not going to go through the entire end sequence. And <laughs> you wouldn't have wanted to anyway because of all the new stuff that you would have had. That's, well, yeah, that's what you do when you go back to an old save. You're like, oh, I've acquired all this new stuff. So even if I wanted to, I would want to reload that save because it's it's bad. Yeah, I don't know. And yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't really, as, as a result, I didn't really get a chance to see what New Game Plus would have played out like exactly. But I don't care enough. Uh, Final Fantasy XII. Mm. Meh. Um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, and I'm sorry, I know people where Final Fantasy XII is their favorite, like from the PlayStation 2 days. There's and always like, someone. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> this 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 was their Final Fantasy game, and I get around to playing it, and I'm like, nah, sorry, mate, <laughs> not for me. Uh, so let's talk about Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, oh, and uh, so last time I mentioned the the only thing I could say on the podcast was that game is exactly what you expect it to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's while that I think that was true two weeks ago. I'm less certain that I can really stand by that statement. So I think it surprised you in some ways. Yeah, I wouldn't say in good ways. (laughs) Um, I'm right now. I'm feeling pretty negative about the whole thing, Um, Mm. and I think I'm in the minority. Really, when you go and look at Metacritic and things like that, because the 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 complaints I have with the game don't seem to be shared by a great many people, and I'm very confused about it as a result. Um, so let's talk about where I was two weeks ago. Let's let's try and do this. It's like I think that game starts pretty strong. Like I think it's visually very impressive. Um, yeah, I think it's storytelling towards the start of the game is the best in the game I've seen so far. Like I think it starts pretty strong, sort of pretty classic, like outcast child and and dad sort of having a close bond and relationship, but the dad's quite strict and to the rules, and the kid's quite rebellious and trying just trying to find her place in the world. 
and it's about you know yeah Aloy basically growing up, um, discovering a few things for herself, uh, gets the chance to to re reintegrate herself in society, and uh, uh, yeah, well everything goes to hell as of course it would, standard um, because yeah. it's a video game, um, and that stuff is all done fairly well. Honestly, I think the the, the character interactions are decent, um, but the problem with all of that is it's kind of like um it almost feels like all of that is like a separate bullet point almost it's like this is this is the pro like it's it's a fairly lengthy prologue as a result but it's it's a prologue and then it's like from that point onwards it's not you don't really have characters to, to that you know you just have you and it's like without being too spoilerific most of the people you've met and could potentially care about or could be potentially interesting die all of them mm. And it's like, mm. well, okay. So it's I'm on, bit, I'm on my own bit. now, and uh, it's kind, of, and it, it rolls with that for a while. And I think that's kind of fine. There's, um, uh, and I think the opening area, known the embrace or the the sacred lands, is is I was having a good time still going around that area, and it's all fine. But there came a point where you start going into like you, you go out of the sacred lands, and that's that's a whole story point. It's a whole reason for you to do that. The Nora tribe, which you belong to, don't really do that. Um, so you're like the like like special. You get to go out. You get to go to see these things. You get to hang out with the Karja tribe. And the moment I got past that point, everything started falling apart for me. Like you suddenly enter a way bigger part of the map, and right. um. Okay, maybe the moment that happens is a bit of a, is a bit weird, but then you start being it's kind of like thrown into the deep end. It's like it's a it's it's a proper open world in the sense that there's no real leveling per se. It's like your character levels up, but it makes the minutest of dis- of differences. You can you can pick up new skills, you can you gain a smidgen of extra health, but ultimately you're it's not like a it's not like you're getting stronger with the levels. Um, right. uh, and the enemies, as a result, they don't level. They, you start encountering stronger variants, but they are variants. They're very clearly labelled as this isn't the same as what you were fighting before. Um, like the, the 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 scrappers effectively get upgraded to ravagers, and they're bigger and stronger and fight differently. And um, you know, there there were, I guess, genuses <laughs> of machine animal. Yeah, types. yeah, of the machine. Um, yeah, there's 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 some types there. Um, uh, and I think they only do that the once, as far as I can tell. There's like a version, and then there's a stronger version. Um, uh, but like almost immediately in that area, you can walk into what I think is the strongest thing in the game, and it's like, okay, like I know I'm not getting into it. I know I immediately knew I'm not getting into a fight with that, and I'm not getting into a fight with that. That's fine. That's open worldiness. I'll just stealth my way around those. That can be a gameplay mechanic, not a problem. <laughs> later on in the same bits you start getting story missions and like the missions in this game like label themselves as uh, they have like a level of difficulty on them um i would not confuse that level of difficulty with being anywhere representative of the level you need to be to complete them those two numbers don't seem to tie together um Weird. So case in point, you could be there, like the main missions I'm on right now are like saying, oh, you need to be level 15 or level 17 and stuff like that. And it's like the main missions themselves aren't too tricky. But then a couple of the main missions, main story missions I've had to do have taken me through areas or very close to areas that have like such a high level compared to me. Like, so like one of the missions I had to try and get to, 
Like it takes you through an area which is clearly marked on the map as this is a level 37 area. And I'm sat there as a, as a level 20 odd character trying to get to a level 15 mission being like, why on earth is this here? Right. Yeah. This is a really bizarre, like sudden spike in difficulty. Like, yeah, you can stealth your way around it, but the creature that is in this particular area has vision for days. And it's like, and if you just get spotted, you're going to get bombarded by rocks from the sky and probably die. And this game is brutal in its combat. Like, if you get hit by anything, expect your life bar to decrease. But I'm playing in normal difficulty, right? And um, most of the posts I've been reading online have been, like, talking about hard and very hard and, like, how it only takes a couple of hits to die. And I'm like, it takes a couple of hits to die in normal mode. That doesn't seem to make any bloody difference. It's like, it's it's Dark Souls-y, I guess, in that regards. Like, getting hit hurts a lot and you have this the health system is like you have like fill up a medicine pouch and you can press up on the d-pad to start um start healing from it so your medicine bar goes down and your health starts going up um and yeah i think at the moment i've got like two extra health bars but it's like that's a period of time that has to be spent healing um, oh right, because yeah, because the action takes an animation and stuff. Does it? Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't really have it. Okay, this is, so this is kind of awkward, hard to explain. It's um, it's not like there's an animation, but if you start that process, it's like like an interrupt. So if you were in the middle of doing something, you just sort of stop. If you were sprinting and you say heal, please, it kind of stops you from sprinting. Um, but she doesn't really do anything. The process like starts immediately, but it kind of interrupts what you were in the middle of. Um, right. Uh. Which is frustrating, and then and then the bar moves it over time once you've started that process. Um, so it's not really, yeah, it's not like a full on drink an Estes flask animation or anything like that. It's um, right, right, right. Um, but anyway, yeah, you can get taken out pretty damn quickly. There are, um, uh, and yeah, there's there certain enemies I've stumbled across where it's just like I can't, I don't. <laughs> I find the combat extraordinarily frustrating. It's like it's fine when you're going, facing things one on one, like it really is. Like it, the combat can be fairly fairly challenging, um, and it's about dodging at the right moments, which is a whole thing in in itself. Because they they have a little telegraph flash, which isn't the moment you're supposed to dodge. That just means they're going to attack, and then the, the attack can be some time later. So learning where the actual attacks that the time of which attacks hurts you and doesn't hurt you is kind of finicky and weird. Um, and then at some enemies have hit zones that are way bigger than they look, which I hate. That is like when you're a tiny person fighting against a big thing, I kind of need to be able to judge distance properly. And I feel like I can't do that in this game, um, especially against the goddamn rock breaker to hell with that thing. His hit zone is way bigger than he is. And that sucks. Uh, the same with area of effect name? attacks. Rock breaker. Rock breaker, yeah. He's like a right. diggy, sandwormy type thing. Um, uh, the same with area of effect attacks. Sometimes they put paint a little area on the floor, which you get out of, and then it fires, and you still get hurt, and that sucks. There are times where I've hit something that's been slightly stunned or isn't in the middle of an animation. I've ran up and hit it, and I've got hurt, and I'm like, what the hell just hit me? And this is all just on the one-on-one fighting. Um, like there are some cool systems here. Like, don't get me wrong. There are some like I I like the ability to like target a specific thing on the body of it and perhaps get an advantage. It's like, oh, that guy's got a blaze canister on its back. If I hit that with a fire arrow, 
I could pierce that, and then after a while, that's going to explode and deal damage to everything around me. So I've got to hit that, run the hell away, and then mm. it's going to go boom, and then it'll do. But it doesn't like most of those things don't kill stuff outright. It just does a fair amount of damage. Um, or oh, and against this thing, I know I can rope it down in a few hits, and then that will open up where I can either zap it in a yeah, hit it with a shock dart to a shock canister, or I can just run up and stab it in the face. Either way, I know I know my rope is going to be pretty effective against this thing, or yeah, or I'm going to tear the the heavy weapon off that guy, and then um, and then I'll go pick it up and shoot them down. That kind of stuff. Like I like those things in principle, and in one on one fights, those things kind of work. Like, but it's a, it, the world is pretty dense with these machines. So, like, the, your ability to have a fun one-on-one fight with something is pretty slim. Chances are you're going to be running around and probably kite them into more machines, and then you've got a whole right. world of hurt on your hands. You're kind of bound to aggro things. Yeah. Just moving around the environment. Oh, exactly. And then, so I'm, I'm, like, reading things online, and people say, well, put your traps down. Da, da, da. Like, the key to this game is killing things quickly. And it's like, well, fine. But, like, putting traps... Traps seem totally ineffective to me. Like, they never seem to do very much to things. Uh, like especially if you put down like the tripcaster wires, which like uh, are kind of tutorialized towards the early parts of the game, um, and then I've put them down later on in the game, and things just casually walk over them like they were nothing, and it's like, well, why the bloody hell am I trying to use this thing? Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm missing something big, like some core way I should be playing this that the game has just never made apparent. I'm really struggling with it. But, yeah. But, mm. like, but maybe and also this is are, it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe this is the game, yeah. Maybe this is the sort of, like, Dark Souls inspiration that's probably been somewhat poorly executed. I don't know. It's like, like I just wish the, the world was a bit more obvious when I was walking into an area I really can't be dealing with right now. I wish it was more clear about um progressing things at a at a relative rate like so there's these areas called cauldrons that are a little bit like there aren't many of them but they're like dungeons and they're kind of like you need to commit to this dungeon kind of thing um and then you go in and then there's a boss fight at the end but there's been a good there's been a couple of times where I've committed to that thing got to the boss fight and be like this is impossible I cannot fight this thing right now in my current state um I'm probably going to need to come back to this later at which point I revert to a save like multiple attempts and maybe an hour earlier and it's like well that's all wasted time um yeah i don't know i don't know and like since as i said since i left the the start of the game the story's not been all that compelling it kind of it's i'm not without going into spoiler territory it's pretty much exactly what you expect it to be <laughs> you know like how i opened this yeah. segment it's pretty it's it's that you, you kind of know where it's going yeah I haven't had any real surprises with it. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a good looking game. I'll give it that. <laughs> I mean, that's the, yeah, it, obviously not enough, but like it's got some stuff going for it, but it just, I don't know. I mean, Gnome, Gnome has like quite a few frustrations. Yeah. Gnome has said over like, I've been playing it for like four weeks now and like I'm about 25, 26 hours in, uh, no, Gnome has been saying, it's like, I admire your persistence. You're clearly not having right, a good right. time with this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure I am either. But I sort of want to see it through. It has got a draw. 
like despite all of that i kind of want to be playing it which you know is it the draw is a thing i can never really fully understand or quantify, quantify. Yeah, yeah like yeah. why i'm drawn why i want to keep putting myself through this and it's like i yeah i don't think i'm having a great a great in this amount case, of time but in this case it's clearly not achievements <laughs> oh it's no yeah it's, it's not achievements and it's like and most of the trophies are hidden anyway so i don't even know what i'm supposed to be doing um to get them there's some obvious collectibles um and things like that um but i'm not going to go out of my way to hunt those down I mean, I still do if I'm nearby, but like a yeah, 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 just right there. Um, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to hundred percent that, not by any stretch. Um, no. So yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, the worst of it, the worst thing I can think of, like, like to describe the clunkiness of the combat is that, um, well, one of the worst, the weirder things, like, like things don't necessarily feel like they always come together. But well, like one of the weirder ones is like, so you can rope down a creature, right? As I explained earlier, and they get like, sort of lay down on the floor for a while. But it's a very temporary condition, as are most mm. conditions in this game. They are temporary; they do not last practically any time at all. So, again, another problem with the you've got you're facing multiple things at once scenario. If I status effect one of them and I don't act on that status effect immediately, it's a wasted status effect because I've got to battle all these other things around me, um, compounding the issue. It's kind of a bad scene. Running away is probably your best action. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you, so you rope down a guy and then you run up to him and you stab him a bit. Uh, and if you like... So you have this like critical hit action, which is kind of, it goes into a sort of little like cinematic camera angle of you stabbing them, and it does quite a lot more damage in the single stab. Um, but every time you damage something that's roped down, you're reducing the amount of time that they're roped down for. Um, so you do that, and if, if like your action was the thing that broke them out of the ropes, for say, you get this weird awkward pause where like the creature freeze himself but i'm left unable to do anything for like a second or a second and a half like like just standing there and i'm like i could probably be running away right now game can i can i go now no all right let's go <laughs> and it's like it, it's just really odd it's like why why did this make the cut like for such a <sighs> it just feels there are decisions in this game that just seem baffling and that they didn't get sorted out. Do you think it's something that... Oh, the inventory has... bloody sucks as well. Oh, right, yeah. So <laughs> so you have, like... You, you can carry... You, four, you have four weapons at a time that are on a weapon wheel, but each one of those weapons has, like, up to three ammo types in them. So mm. it kind of makes sense that you can only set four at the time, but the style of the game and the, like the way you're having to juggle what you can and can't do all the time means I'm jumping in and out of the inventory, the main inventory menu, swapping weapons out all the goddamn time. It's like it could really have benefited from having like here's your weapon wheel, oh, and here's an alt weapon wheel where I could just have all of them accessible at any one time because there's no penalty for jumping into the menu and just swapping them out in pause, right. effectively. And it's like, but why? That's a really annoying process. I've got to push the touchpad on the on the on the controller. I've got to tab across to my inventory screen. I've got to go into the weapon thing. I've got to pick my weapon. I've got to resign it a slot, and then I can go back into the fight and have a go. And it's just like, why why do that? Like, it's just like if if you're designing your game where I'm going to need to be utilizing everything that's available to me, 
Doom style, I guess. Yeah. Then yeah, why yeah. not make it have some method of making easy to do? Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's it's infuriating. Sorry, I interrupted a question <laughs> somewhere in there. No, no, like, I was, I was on a bit. Like, I was on a bit of a rant. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether like there's hope that these things are going to get streamlined, maybe in the sequel or in know. Forbidden West. Um, yeah, I don't know because I I I have to say, like I've I saw Gary playing some Horizon Zero Dawn, and I was like, yeah, it's pretty, but it looks annoying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like some of the things he was having to do, constantly running away and trying to pick off people on a base or something, and it was like. Yeah, I think he'd just come off playing at the time, like Breath of the Wild. And right, obviously yeah. It's quite hard to, like, yeah, open world. Or I mean, that's a, some similarities. That but, is a yeah. strategy you can abuse somewhat. Like, against creatures that can be stealth killed in one, you do have an incredibly mm. powerful lure. Like, so you just hang out in some grass and whistle, and then yeah. the, a single nearest thing will come towards you. Like it doesn't pull in right. a crowd reliably, right? Yeah, okay. it will pretty reliably only pull one thing, so you can stealth kill it out of the grass. Um, but then this is where kind of like the stealth system has problems as well for me, where it's like so it has this. Um, it doesn't telegraph this or tell you about it, but I'm pretty sure it has a system whereby if you kill something out of stealth, and or if someone believes you're in a certain area. Because there's long grass everywhere, and that's basically your stealth area. And there's a little indicator mm. on screen that says whether you can be seen or not. Um, not by anyone in particular, but like just like you're visible right now, or you're you're hidden. And it's like, if you do an action from long grass and someone sort of suspects you're there, the indicator turns to, you're visible right now. And there's no area in that grass, that patch of grass, or like that suddenly, that it seems to turn off the stealth ability of the grass. Right. And I find that really weird. Like, how can how can you see me right now? And sometimes that seems to happen without impetus. Like without or it feels like it like it happens without me doing an action from the grass that someone might suspect I'm there. Mm. And it's like, well why why is the stealth mode on this grass suddenly turned off? <laughs> it's, it's it's odd. And and again, infuriating because it can ruin a stealth run on a base. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I'm hidden right now, aren't I? And I just haven't noticed yeah. that the indicator has I mean, turned to an open eye. Yeah, visually you're hidden, right? Yeah, yeah. it's it's really odd. Yeah, I got beef with this game, but I kind of want to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, maybe it's like sunk cost fallacy. Like, right, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I put I put so many hours into this thing. It's like I'm going to see it through now. Gotta gotta see it to the end now. Sodja. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's a, it's undoubtedly a big game, right? Oh, it's massive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also like a big, you know, like a triple A game or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Of which there are only so many. So it's a good one to have so, you know, just for the sake of discussion. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm luckily, luckily, it turned out it wasn't necessary for a game of the year discussion. Apparently, no, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it would, it would not have, it would not have registered anywhere near that for me. Not even close. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of bummed by it. It's just not. It's just not hitting it for me. It's like I, I kind of like what it's going for. I, I like its setting. You know, I like the mm. tribal aspect to it. I like the. I do like the blend of that and the machine nature of things. It's like I, 
that stuff all seems to be quite well thought through. It's just the core gameplay, and it just doesn't gel with me at all. Unless it's a one-on-one fight, and then I forgive it. Like, as long as it's a one-on-one fight against not a Thunderjaw and not a Rockbreaker, because those bastards are broken, then <laughs> then it's fine. Do you think that's something? Because it looks like, in, you know, they're going to lean into having you fighting multiple enemies at once, like in the sequel. Oh, man, they really need to clean that up. I'm I'm missing the fact that there isn't a lock on camera, so like because it's you're you're manually right sticking around the whole time, and it would be really nice to be able to turn on a lock on every now and then. Because the environments are quite complex in places, uh, and the camera's relatively close to Aloy, so it's quite easy to be running away from something, looking at the thing you're running away from, because you kind of need to see what it's about to do, Mm. and then just falling off a cliff. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's that's happened to me several times. Oh, I got stuck in geometry a couple of times as well. I put some effort into a higher level than I was bandit camp and had spent mm. time like I'd pretty much annihilated everyone on the base uh, except for the main leader guy who always carries around a rocket launcher type thing as far as I can tell. Guaranteed. Um, uh, rolled in between a gap between two wooden sticks because I thought, oh, this would be pretty decent cover. Got stuck. Could not get out. Um, uh, there's like two guys left in this entire camp and one of them just had the rocket launcher and just walks up to me and just explodes me and it's like well that was a waste <laughs> of half an hour of good stealth work mm. ah infuriating it's like I'd beaten that whole thing like like and way higher level than I was at the time I was like I was feeling on top of the world and, get, and got screwed by a glitch Maybe they should go back to making Kill Zone. <laughs> <laughs> British space Nazis. Yeah, hoy. <laughs> hey, they can make it. They can make a decent graphics engine. I'll give them that. I mean, it powers Death Stranding. Oh, great! <laughs> I mean, that, that definitely had a cool look. Death Stranding. Talking Weird about cool story though. <laughs> yeah. Talking about cool looks, I've had a, on a slightly lighter note, had a brief excursion playing Burly Men at Sea on, um, on PlayStation, which is a, uh, it's a little, little story, story driven game where you're literally just making choices about, so it's almost like a, um, choose your own adventure storybook almost, but sort of presented with a very geometric art style, um, mm-hmm. and some, quality sound design where it's basically almost entirely acapella rather than the music so like you meet a guy early on who's doing some metal work and it's just it's just him hitting some metal going chink 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 and it's like yeah okay i'm down for human noises in video well, games all human noises yeah, yeah okay That's and so cool. and most of the sound design is, is is like that and it's um yeah i've done a few loops of that there's plenty of loops you can do plenty of possibilities and the game encourages you to do them all um it doesn't take very long to do a loop, so uh, yeah, a good time. Nice, a nice sort of late evening game, I think. How do you? So is that where did you find that? Uh, that was available on PS Plus many, right. many a month ago, probably a long time ago now. Um, hmm. But I believe that's also available on Steam. Um, yeah, um, yeah, it was a decent, decent little game. 
Um, you're not, as I said, you're not really doing a huge amount other than like occasionally moving around and clicking a thing to tell the story where to go, um, and then reading some text. But it's it's well written and well made. So um, can't can't really fault it. It does what it says on the tin. Have a nice time with some burly men at sea. Burly men at sea, yeah. Which is a, it's a great name for a video game. <laughs> <laughs> burly. I haven't thought about the burliness of fishermen, but I guess they're pretty burly. Pretty burly, yeah. Yeah. Does, uh, is there any gameplay element of burliness? Do you have to increase your burliness? <laughs> or they just, no, I don't, the I don't think, they, they don't they think you, you increase your burliness. It's just kind of burly. It's just it's just a fact that they are hardened sea veterans looking for more adventure. (laughs) I guess rather than fishing, (laughs) isn't that adventure enough? No, apparently not. Apparently not. Need. I mean, every every adventure starts with you being eaten by a whale. That's like step one. Oh, okay. (laughs) Step one: get eaten. Does it transport you to a different? place in the world there's multiple ways to escape from the whale so that's like your first choice (laughs) okay right that's gonna just about do it that do it for for this week do it for me i should be playing some stuff cool yeah i've just been playing breath of the wild i don't know what there is to say about it's a pretty good game (laughs) some might say game of the year (laughs) Yeah, I would argue that it would probably be a game of multiple years, potentially. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you put, I mean, that's not how game of the years work, but you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, arguably you could say that. Yeah. It's pretty good. I remember it being pushier about sending you to like Zora's domain at the start, but it actually doesn't. It sort of just sends you to Kakariko Village. Oh, it's just because oh, it's convenient. Kakariko Village. Yeah, it's and, just convenient. Like, I obvious. Suppose. Yeah, it's the most like obvious one, um, I guess. Yeah, it definitely. Um, I definitely remember it leading me to Kokiriko, like feeling it that way, and then Zora seemed like oh, the obvious next place seems to go. Seems like the yeah. obvious, but then it sends you to the the village on the, um, you know, in the by the sea. Well, not not the fishing village, but the one on the the, the where your house is. <laughs> oh, sure, right. uh, Hatena village or whatever. Um. <laughs> Which is actually quite far from Zora's domain in a way, um, and then like it starts Spiral them... Beach. <laughs> Past yeah. that bit, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. Spiral Beach is on the other peninsula, the next up near Tarrytown and the other lab. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yes, yes the right. other tech lab. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I can't decide whether I'm going to do things in a different order because you did you go to. Uh, um, to get uh, the Rivali's Gale is the first thing. Yeah, <laughs> this time around, I I know that's super useful, but also like I always forget that I have those powers. <laughs> How could um, you forget Rivali's Gale? <laughs> well, it's because like, like the other reason you can't forget Rivali's Gale is because it's like not passive. <laughs> like all the other ones, you just like. Act- well, I mean, two of the know. other ones yeah. are technically active, but you can't like not use them. Essentially, yeah. Is, yeah. Me- is Mifa's Grace automatic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you die, you get health, and then the other two you can't like not use them because they're just attached to a button that you're going to do anyway. I forget how. Well, they, I, mean, yeah. I suppose the lightning is technically charge attack, which you don't do all the time. Yeah, but... How do they all work? Were they all available to you once you unlock them, or did you have to switch one of them on? I forget. Well, you can toggle them on and off. 
So if you don't oh. want to use them, you can just switch them off for a while. But you can use them all at once. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I sort of sort of forget. It's been a while. But it's yeah. like the Goron one, obviously, you just can't not use because as soon as you hold your shield, it turns on, which makes it incredibly yeah. annoying sometimes. You glow red, yeah. And it's like, weird. you don't want to waste it. If it, like You don't want to have to remember to turn it on when you need it. Mm. If you want to save it for a big fight, you're just like, oh, shit, I just wasted this on the shitty Bacoblins because I accidentally got hit. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing for the lightning attack. I mean, you may not use charge attacks that often, except for, I don't know, if you're cheesing things with spears because it's, because it's a spear <laughs> charge bag. But then if you accidentally use that and you're just like, oh, I wasted this lightning bolt of death on some shitty Bacoblins as well. <laughs> Although, on the other hand, that power is, like, possibly way too overpowered in some situations. It's like I just I just ended this battle with like a mid tier lightning and just annihilated it instantly just by lightning striking. <laughs> I'm never going to finish that game. Like, I don't own a copy, and you've gone digital. So <laughs> Short of stealing your switch. Well, I mean, we keep saying that Dan just needs to give you his one once he's done with it. <laughs> I'm playing it. Yeah, exactly. He's gone back to playing it. Never gonna happen. Yeah, we'll get it back one day. Yeah, recommend that one. <laughs> Took me a while. Um, just doing some uh, hunting. <laughs> I mean, I could buy a copy, but you know, Nintendo tax. Mm-hmm. You going to get round to doing the DLC stuff? Uh, yeah, well, I did the DLC stuff the first time around, but I didn't do the. Oh, I did the. You know, the second half of you know with the extra shrines and the dungeon and everything and yeah. but i didn't get the, to get the motorcycle thing but i don't think i ever did the whole master trials. Um, master trials thing infinite dungeon so maybe i should give that a go what do you get yeah you just get a master sword that doesn't do you what is it the master sword doesn't break well no it, it basically turns on the glow permanently so it's always twice more oh. damage essentially oh, and it breaks okay. less i think but it still does run okay. out still breaks okay What's the betting on the breaking mechanic still being as prevalent in Breath of the Wild 2? I, well, I mean, probably I think, change it. I think we said when we were talking about this before, it's just like, obviously they should just put in a crafting system and then they can keep the weapon breaking. Yeah. <laughs> Solve uh, that problem by giving us a new mechanic. But maybe I mean, make maybe the breaking they'll... a little less frequent because it was very frequent. I mean, maybe they'll... Um bring this time travel mechanics to stuff so that you can like unbreak things or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> you take it to the unbreaking guy. Or just make... Yeah, we well, I was like to say, maybe, maybe it wouldn't be that fun, but make it like, make it just a temporary thing, like how stasis is temporary. Make it so that if you're... Make it so that when weapons break, they don't entirely disappear. They just turn into like a broken version, but then make it so you can temporarily use reverse stasis on your broken weapon and turn it back on for a while. <laughs> I, I mean... Yeah. What, I mean, that's better than what it, what it was. Because I think if you're going to have a crafting system, they should stay as a broken form that you can repair that would make sense as well to fit into that mechanic i guess they'd have to think of something else for what makes the master sword special though right because that was kind of <laughs> the fact that it, it did it did sort of become unusable but like then it comes back every now and then <laughs> yeah but that wasn't actually good though at least you didn't have to go find another master sword <laughs> every time because that, that you know 
same problem as with the powers. It's like you waste the Master Sword on some shitty thing that you shouldn't have, and mm. then when you need it, it's not there. Or you've used the Master Sword on something that you did intend to use it on earlier, but it's only got like two hits left, and then the next time you come to use it, you're like, oh shit, it ran out immediately. Yeah, because it doesn't recharge, <laughs> yeah, which is kind of annoying. Zelda. Yep. It's pretty good. All right. I think that's going to do it for for a podcast. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, do uh, check out our YouTube channel, as usual. Um, what's our latest? Uh, more yep. on the freelancer um, saga. You can yeah. be fully be browned. <laughs> yeah. If you want to get browned, like check out our latest uploads and our website, happyzelda.net. And uh, we'll be back a couple of weeks with another salad cast. Correct. <laughs> this information is factually right. It is correct. Goodbye.